Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Hoop Souls. We are rolling along on a Thursday evening. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, coming to you from the WBCA NABC studios. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3 Hoopsol or hashtag Hoopsol. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsol. You can also join us on, oh, you can email us, Twitter at D3 Hoopsville. What did I say? Twitter at D3 Hoopsol, hashtag Hoopsol. Emails Hoopsol at D3sports.com. I'll get it there. Eventually, I'll figure this all out. Lots of ways to join us. Hope you'll uh, take the time to do so. For some reason, our audio seems a little low. It keeps getting lower. We keep riding the levels higher, and nothing changes. So not sure what's going on, but we'll boost it a little bit more and see if it makes a difference. Hopefully, it's not too bad for you. Um, Lots to talk about as we get towards the tournaments. We're also simulcasting the show on YouTube at youtube.com slash d 3 hoopsville Plenty of ways to chat with us. We hope you'll take advantage of them because uh, we think they're worth uh, doing, keeping us involved in your Division Three lives, <laughs> as it were. By the way, shout out to the Datacast guys. Not that you don't want us, don't want you tuned into us, but those guys put on a couple of shows this week. I haven't even gotten through them all yet. Um, but apparently, we we motivated them to do extra shows. I don't know why anybody would be as crazy as we are, but say la vie. They're, they're, they're being crazy. Uh, not much I can do about that. Um, but hats off to them on their hard work. Uh, been fun to have Matt Snyder on the show of late. Uh, good to have um, that blood in here as well. So we continue to roll along here towards the tournaments in Division Three. Lots to talk about in Division Three. We even have some news and notes to get to. Just a quick heads up on who we got on the show tonight. Uh, we'll talk to Shriner men's basketball, Stockton men's basketball, uh, Merchant Marine women's basketball, Albertus Magnus men's basketball, and Babson women's basketball. The sign is not quite in order behind me on my shoulder because we had to fit everybody in to the four lines that we had. So we, we made it work. Albertus Magnus is squeezed in and there at the bottom. Good work by my son to make that work. Um, so we'll talk to all those programs coming up on the show, talk about what they expect from the NCAA tournaments this year. Um, and if they're expecting anything else, uh, how far do they think they're going to go? Are they just enjoying the ride, as it were? Um, plenty to get to, and I appreciate all those. Some of them are pre, pre-taped uh, because we have no choice, uh, and some of them we got live, which is great. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get all three women's programs like we had hoped. Um, I kid you not, we lost, let's see, I think... I think I, I, we had four guests we 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 reached out to and didn't get secured. Um, so thanks to some who rallied here at the very last minute to get on our show. Um, I, I think that's right. I think that's what my memory is, is for. At least three of the six we had we had six we invited. We lost three. We invited a couple more on to fill holes, and it all worked out. Um, all right, let's talk about some news and notes. First off, news breaking just in the last few hours, Finlandia has announced that they are closing up shop uh, as an institution, joining Casanova and others who will not make it to next year. Um, sad, to say the least. Uh, I'm not sure what could be done better for them, but um, they are not going to be open anymore. But what's even sadder is that they are closing the, um, sh- they're closing up their their 
Spring sports, too. Sorry. Having my brain freeze there for a minute. Closing up spring sports as well. Effective immediately. Um, it was in their FAQ, which I didn't notice, apparently on their website, but also talking to some schools already infected by it. Um, but now their baseball and softball student-athletes are out there messaging. I think baseball was just about to get on a plane for Florida. Um, maybe softball, too. I know softball had a Florida trip, but I'm told Florida uh, baseball might have been getting on a plane for to Florida. Baseball's in the WIAC, by the way. Softball was not. But nonetheless... Um, Finlandia is closing up, and it's really too bad because Finlandia women pulled off the upset of Salisbury last week in uh, women's basketball tournament action in the in the C to C. But uh, that school will close up. Uh, Casanova is another one's closing up. Uh, there's changes coming in the Vermont school systems. Um, there will be other schools that are announced. We're still keeping an eye on Birmingham Southern on whether they will survive. And there's other schools. Um, as Luis McCleary stated, even with adding schools as we are at a little bit of a slower rate, we're only adding two uh, to Division Three through the process uh, this academic coming academic year. Um, we're going to lose schools. We're going to shrink. So not surprising. I do wonder if down the road we'll gain some from Division One, Division Two, NAIA eventually. But uh, at this point, we're going to shrink a little bit. Uh, not not the end of the world. To say the least. Uh, coaching changes. The carousel is already spinning, which reminds me. I didn't know if I looked up if our carousel is updated. Let's see if I can do so quickly here. I don't think we have. Um, oh, let's see. I know where I can cheat and figure this one out. Um, out of Division Three, but a former Division Three coach, Nate Davis, is out at Bucknell. I think this is right from Ryan Scott. Winning record in two turning appearances in the last five years. Apparently wasn't good enough. Uh, Defiance women's basketball is open. Northland women's basketball is open. Uh, we've mentioned this. River Falls women's basketball is open. Uh, Nebraska Wesleyan removed the interim tag from Bullock, so she'll stay um, at Nebraska Wesleyan. There's other jobs I know. And we knew Elmer's from a week ago had opened up. Um, Mary Harden Baylor women's basketball has posted their job. Uh, there's others certainly out there uh, that have garnered attention. Um, Valley Forge men's basketball is open. Ro- Rhode Island College is open. Glenn left and went to Riviera, which was an interesting move. I don't quite understand, to be honest with you. But Glenn left Rhode Island. Uh, I know there's others, but I'm not remembering right now. Um so just stuff we're keeping an eye on. The big news, though, was that Bob Semling is out at Stevens Point. Seems the school's decided to move on from the former coach who led them to two national championships over his tenure there. I know this has been speculated by some. I'll pretty much say it. Uh, I believe this was a move made from conversations I've had over the years, putting two and two together understanding the dynamics i think they basically decided to move on from bob now because the sanctions that the program had been dealing with came to a close just this past february uh, really two three weeks ago and so those sanctions are ended bob during those sanctions was not having any success they'd missed the wyack tournament for the very first time this year 
Uh, and from everything I've gathered from others, they were definitely losing the recruiting wars within the WIAC. So, you know, here's a great opportunity for Stevens Point to move on, bring a new coach in who doesn't have to deal with any of the sanctions. Uh, he, he comes into a fresh program, gets to start fresh. I assume he, by the way. And so Bob Semling's out at Stevens Point. And certainly there's going to be some who are disappointed in that decision. But in the grand scheme of things, I think this one was coming for a while. I think if Bob had won while being buried in the sanctions and struggling with those and was able to win or be competitive in WIAC, maybe even get top 25 attention, maybe he's in this conversation and he's not left. But he didn't. And so he's out. And I guess our interview will never take place. A reminder that during all of this, he promised that he would come on our air to discuss what happened, why it happened, or what didn't happen, or what wasn't accurate about the investigation. And when that opportunity arose, he decided not to come on the air with a few different explanations and has not been on the air since because it hasn't been relevant. It's... uh, Maybe a disappointing finish to this era of Stevens Point basketball. And we'll see where it takes the program now as a pivot. Remember, women are now under a new coach as well as they start to turn. Stevens Point as a whole is pretty darn competitive in a lot of sports. We'll see if basketball returns to that conversation in the near future. So that is part of the carousel that is a spinning in the coaching realms of Division Three. Again, if you've got questions for us, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. Lots of ways you can interact with us. We're also live streaming on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville and live streaming on YouTube at youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. You can chat in those chat rooms as well. We even try and keep our Facebook Messenger open as well. Our fundraiser is over 75% of the way to our overall goal. Love to get further. Uh, the QR code on your screen, if you're watching us live, is to our Give Butter part of our campaign. There's also Venmo information there, venmo.com slash Dave McHugh or at Dave McHugh. You can donate through that. If you would like to send a check or you would like to donate in another capacity, whether it's a transfer of money, for example, just to, from account to account using a program called Zelle, contact us. We'll give you the information on how you can make that happen. I'd love to hit our goal which John Krikorian made sure we hit, we raised to 10,000. I would love to hit that goal by the end of the weekend, if at all possible. I'd love to come on Monday's show and say we hit our goal. But we are 75% of the way there and looking forward to closing it out. Again, the information is there. We have tweeted it out. We have put it on Facebook. It's everywhere. If you don't know where that information is, you are welcome to contact me, and I am happy to give you the information you need to make that happen. And thanks to all of you who have donated. I think there may be some checks on the way we have not put into our um, total here. And we will certainly do that when they arrive. Forgot to check the mail today, to be honest. But I don't think they would have arrived by then. So there you go. Lots to talk about tonight. We'll take another look at the brackets to some degree. I was filling out my bracket, though I don't tend to make this too much public because I don't want anybody thinking I have a rooting favorite anything when I'm calling the semifinals especially. And there are some really tough matchups on the men's side in that second round, which I think are going to be <laughs> it's going to be a 
It's that one's going to blow up the, the tournament, I think. Now on the women's side, I think the bracket is even more balanced than I thought. There's a couple of notes that I think some people miss. I know a lot of people got frustrated that North Park didn't get to host, but it is, and I, and we talked about WashU being a geographic um, host there. I, what what I missed and, and didn't or didn't clarify enough was that was literally built to, as a North Park bracket. North Park is in the higher seated position there, and WashU just happens to be the host. So that is built for North Park to succeed there. Granted, it's going to be a tough round matchup with Wash U, but any matchup in that point is going to be tough. Uh, by the way, you can see that similar over on the CNU side, which we did talk about. That is at Hampton Sydney, but built for Christopher Newport. On the women's side of things, one thing we we I do I should have circled back on was Bampson is technically positioned as one of the uh, two seeds in this bracket. And I think that's really Scranton, but for some reason, they're down in the lower corner instead of being in the Bampson line. And it very likely may have been to second weekend games and trying to line up who played who. But I'm not positive. It's something we'll maybe look into at a later date. But interesting, uh, to say the least. And I think we're going to get a great tournament. If you got questions about it, you got questions in general, let us know. We'll certainly try and dive into them. Um, maybe by the end of the show, if I have time, we'll talk about some of the conversations by one women's basketball program who wished they had maybe played the first round of their conference tournament instead of getting a bye, thinking that win would have propelled them into the tournament should they assumingly have won that first round game. And I'll be honest, I'll say it now and I'll say it bluntly. It wouldn't have helped. Maybe we'll dive into that a little bit more than I have already on Twitter this week so there you go folks lots to talk about tonight lots to get through and we look forward to it um just seeing some more updates on the finlandia news again sad that it's a little disappointing that finlandia decided to shut down sports but maybe their pockets are so empty at this point that they can't even afford to keep the baseball and softball programs running which is that's that's very telling to say the least All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get into our interviews. We will start with Shriner. We're going to go down and talk to the the, uh, Mountaineers about getting into the tournament, which is pretty darn impressive. Um, Rocka Bowie, the head coach of their men's team, will join us to talk about what exactly happened to the Mountaineers and how they rolled through the SCAC and on to the NCAA tournament. After that, we will talk to Stockton's um, Scott Bittner about his program. Merchant Marines Matt Dempsey will join us. Albertus Magnus's Mitch Oliver will join us. And then at Babson, we get a twofer. Julie Blindstrup made sure that we also talked to Megan Bauer about the program. So we talked to the two of them later in the program. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you are enjoying the show. Look forward to interacting with you. we got some great conversations ahead of us. right when you hit the court you imagine your finest moment 
the game-winning shot that gets you to the dance, a monster dunk or no-look pass, and cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success and prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Responsibility is being accountable for your words and actions, first and foremost. It also is an obligation to be a positive influence in the communities around you. Being in a D3 program, you're going to have lots of different opportunities. You're not just an athlete, you're also involved in student life. Your academics are extremely important. We give a lot of our student athletes responsibilities right from the start by giving them leadership opportunities, by having them engage in the community, be a positive influence. That's being a responsible person. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. 
Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Sorry for a little bit of longer break there, a little bit going on. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can also join us on Facebook on our live stream, simulcasting there, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, or on our YouTube simulcast, youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. I want to thank our partners at Huddle Blue Frame Technology and Team One Sports app for allowing us to product, you know, have the production through them. You can watch us on demand um, or live on the Team1Sports.com slash Hoopsville location. You can also watch us on Roku app, Apple TV, Amazon TV, etc. Look up the Team1 Sports app, and when you're there, look up Hoopsville. You can see the show live when we have shows. You can see the shows on demand there as well. Also, thanks to all of our kind don- uh, donors who have given us 75% of our our goal here to raise i appreciate you doing so helps us out a ton all right let's talk about our teams that are made the tournament for the men one of the reasons we had a lot of teams left out of the tournament were the bid thieves one of the biggest bid thieves only because it was so unexpected were the shriner mountaineers who knocked off a few teams on their way to the uh conference title in the SCAC. well there's others too but we're going to blame them Joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach of the aforementioned conference Cinderella team of the season. It is Marin El Rocka Bowie, right? You nailed it. Nice. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. We actually, I just got bad at the meeting of the, the bracket busting bid thieves, and uh, I was elected president. So, really excited. <laughs> We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be making some changes around here. Yeah, I'm sure you will be. Guilford like to call and have a conversation with you about that. First and foremost, obviously a heck of a run through the conference to win it. Um, maybe not a full bid thief. I, I don't think a lot of people were expecting the SCAC to have a lot of teams come out of it, but it, it certainly added to the story of what this that weekend was and. You all caught fire at just the right time, at just the right moment, which is, I mean, that's half the fun in this, isn't it? That's that's absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, no, with the season that we had had, uh, you know, going in with a lot of expectations, but not quite putting it together until the very end, um, you know, just really uh, fortunate to be in the position that we're in. I mean, not only did we steal the bid, but we kind of screwed up the whole Texas uh, pod as well. I mean, just all kinds of mayhem that we caused and uh, it's just fun to be in the middle of it right now yeah you started the season five and zero, uh wins over mcmurray and harden simmons concordia texas hendricks and concordia texas again really looking good then letourno tripped you up got back on the horse against howard Payne, and then it's like the horse ran off without you uh and yes i'm i'm absolutely using the metaphor as much as i can in this sense uh you guys ended up losing six in a row that stretched for the rest of December because you had a jam-packed December. Came back from the break, got a couple of wins, and then hit another hurdle and lost, what, seven of nine. Listen, going into the end of the season, I would not have blamed your team to have checked out. No, we don't want it. As a former student-athlete, you don't want to check out. But let's be honest, you guys had had pretty rough stretch there, uh, and the good times were pretty far in the past. How do you reset? to beat Texas Lutheran, then Colorado College, then St. Thomas, Texas, which was a bid thief because they were going to get in the tournament anyway, and then Trinity, Texas in the conference tournament championship. How do you turn that team how do you turn the team around? You know, I, I think the the credit obviously goes to the players. They um, 
they, they continue to play. I mean, we knew we had a talented team. We had, you know, even though they weren't recognized this year, the same level we were last year. I mean, this is a team that set a school record for conference wins last year and had most of those guys coming back, including a first-team all-conference player and Alex DeHoyas and Camden Ross and some honorable mentions. And Now, those guys didn't play statistically the same, but they were still there. They were the same players. And so I think there was never a loss of belief that we could compete with these teams. Um, you know, we weren't, getting, we weren't getting blown out of these games. And, you know, part of it is on me, obviously, trying to figure out, hey, what's the best way for us to play? What are the best combinations of guys to play? And all of that, fortunately, kind of came together right at the end of the season, just in time. Yeah, well, it's all about the end, let's be honest. The big one over St. Thomas is obviously the one that's going to get a lot of attention. You'd lost to them in a tight one, as you point out, 74-69 back on January 20th. And you had played them previously on December 2nd. That one was not so close. Let's, let's be honest, that was a 26-point game. You only yeah. put 34 up. You beat them 65-64 yeah. at their place. What was the difference in that one other than the proverbial it's hard to beat a good team three times in a season thing? Yeah. Yeah, that game, that game was on, was it was at Trinity's Court. It was a neutral site that third game. But Oh, right. You know, Thank you. Yeah, the first game we played them, you know, we, we actually had played pretty good defense. The problem was we had one of the, the most horrific offensive games in the history of college basketball. I think we shot 18%. I mean – but if you look at it from a defensive perspective, we were solid. But you can't win if you don't score. And then the second Fair. game, we got the offense together, and then we didn't guard them. So we figured, you know, if we can figure out how to put these two sides of the ball together in one game, um, you know, we can play with these guys. And, uh, again, that's part of getting the the, uh, the lineup right, the defense right, the mentality right. And then and then just some incredible shot-making um, from our guys. I mean, you shoot 60% in the second half, 60% from three. just makes some big, big, big clutch shots late. Um, and it got us over the hump. Well, big shots are important at a big time of year, and, and you gain momentum. That's the other thing here is now, okay, you've beaten St. Thomas. Nothing against Trinity, but, yeah, we can handle them, right? Uh, well, <laughs> I no? Mean, uh, no? No. I mean, Trinity, you know, I guess it was, it was hey, we're going to the two seed now, so it should be uh, – it it's not getting harder, but, it, <laughs> I mean, you know, Trinity at their, at their home court uh, – you know, a team that had just had our number the last couple of years. It ended our season the last two years. It swept yeah. us this year. And, I mean, I don't – I have as much respect as, as anyone in the league for, for Coach Smith over at Trinity and, and what he's done in that program in a very short time. Um, and so, <laughs> I mean, uh, again, uh, there was – all of us who have been on teams know this feeling where you're on a team and, and there's a feeling like we're going to figure it out. You know, and things – and we, we fell down in that game. Fell down by six or seven. And we've all been on that team where we're okay, right? There's no panic that sets in. And that's the mode we got into by that Sunday. And it's an, it's a very hard to describe or explain or capture or recreate. Uh, but credit again to those players, those student athletes that got there and everybody, even the guys that weren't on the floor. I mean, we, we it was a juggernaut that it just would not be denied at that point. Uh, second SCAC championship, we should say, in program history. The last one back in 2018. Broke the record for conference wins last season with 12 obviously that's kind of i assume where you had the mentality going in or i should say broke it this season with 12 but i assume that's why you guys had this mentality that we, we can if we can win 12 games last season in conference we can go somewhere in conference this season and do something about it right right exactly right i mean we again and, and, and if you look at the roster it's a very similar roster to what we had last year it's the same guys all right. Um, so the, that's what made the struggles this year, uh, you know, obviously so painful and tough. And it was a, it was a really tough uh, road. You know, we, we had a lot of uh, uh, 
you know, just things to figure out as a group and, you know, some hard conversations as a team and one-on-one. And and that's what makes it when you get to that moment where you can all look at each other and smile and say, we did it. It makes it that much more magical and, and, uh, and special when you've been through that adversity and you've been through uh, those kind of trying times. And again, uh, just to reiterate to anybody who missed it, you had to win the final regular season game just to qualify for the postseason tournament. You then defeated the four-seed Colorado College on a buzzer beater. You then defeated the one-seed St. Thomas, giving them their first loss in conference of the season. Then he defeated Trinity at their floor to win the title. And Camden Ross, by the way, named the SCAC champion MV- championship MVP, among a lot of other notes with this team. There's just everything was was certainly clicking. Curious. You've had a week. Can you keep that momentum now going into the NCAAs where it isn't going to get any much any easier? You got Mary Harden Baylor. You've played everybody else but Mary Harden Baylor this season in Texas, it seems. Uh, how do you how do you prepare for them and do you, can you keep that going now that honestly the cat's out of the bag? Yeah, I mean, I what I my message to our guys was look, we're, we're and we had we had a really great day uh, uh, on Sunday when we when we won that celebrating, but we're gonna have plenty of time to celebrate the SCAC championship and look back and 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 commemorate that. Right now, we we we're playing just as well as anybody in Texas, and we have this ASC SCAC challenge going on here this weekend. Um, these are t- <laughs> you're at fault. Yeah, well, you know, it, I, I blame taken, and, and that, that's why I have that president title, but. <laughs> you know, we have an opportunity to play. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not like the last time Shriner was in this situation. We're playing, we went and played Whitman, who at the time was ranked number one in the country. And, we, you know, we hadn't seen any Whitman's opponents. Well, what I'm watching, and these guys are watching Mary Harden Baylor, well, they're playing Harden Simmons, who, who we played and, and were fortunate enough to beat, and Harden Simmons beat Mary Harden Baylor. You know, they played Sol Ross, they played Laterno, they played, you know, these teams that we, we know these teams, we know these, these, these players. And so um, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it makes it interesting. I think there's a pride factor that factors into it. Of hey, this is this is our chance to show um, uh, some pride for our conference, represent our conference well. Uh, obviously, represent ourselves. A lot of these guys know each other from playing against each other in, in high school. Um, so yeah, I think that momentum has has kept up because we we. It, it, I think a lot of times, if you're one of those teams that expects to win a conference championship or or or, or going into that tournament, really thinks. Hey, this is what we have to do, and there's a lot of pressure on you. Maybe when you win it, there's a little bit of a letdown. Well, with us, I think we're just realizing, hey, we're realizing our potential right now. We're moving in a direction. Let's keep going and see how far we can take it. Yeah, fair point, uh, and and certainly something you can build off of, to say the least. Uh, tell me a little bit about this team. Uh, we should mention Alex. Uh, is it DeHoyo? DeHoyos. DeHoyos. I wasn't sure if the yes. Sometimes yes is silent. Sometimes it's not. Um, School record, first in assists in a single game with 11, fifth in assists in a season 133, second in assists in his career with 413, tied for sixth in points in a single game with 38. I'm guessing he can do a few things. <laughs> he is a uh, outstanding basketball player. Um, like I said, first team all-conference last year, 1,000-point scorer, led the league in assists, led the league in steals, um, and then you know had a little bit of a down statistical year. But in the conference tournament, when it really mattered, you know, played his best basketball season and was an all-tournament team selection. You know, he's the—he's just a guy that really understands the game at a, uh, a deep level. Um, he helps us and gets us organized offensively. He helps us and gets us organized defensively. And then when those moments happen where there is doubt um, or there's adversity, he's that first voice uh, to calm and reassure. So he's, he's played that role to a T, the, the senior leader. Um, he's, he's that for us. 
Well, it's worked. Camden Ross is leading the team at 12.3 points a game. Uh, Dylan Mackey at, uh, just double-checking, yep, 9.7 points a game. Uh, Bo Cervantes, who hit the buzzer beater, we should point out, 9.3 points a game. Jalen Ned at 8.8. Notice we haven't mentioned Alex's name. He's He doesn't have a ton of points beside having that 38 sync point capabilities, as it were. You've got a lot of options with this unit, a lot of scoring, and what's really amazing for a team that scores 74 points a game, you don't have a lot of guys in double figures. Usually yeah. me reading between the lines, that tells me there's a lot of guys on offense, a lot of options you can choose from, so a team can't key on one guy. 100% correct, yeah. I mean, I think we, we, we're we really fortunate to have a deep team. And and Alex is, is a guy that, man, you, he, he, he wouldn't – he wouldn't care if he scored two points, four points, you know, whatever it takes to win the game. Camden Ross, our leading scorer, is the exact same way. Um, dynamic athlete, just has a, a sixth sense for where the basketball is going to be at all times. Um, you know, just phenomenal player. Doesn't care how many points he scores. Um, he, you know, he's checking to see if he got double-double rebounds. You know, that, that double-figure rebounds. That's what he wants to do. Um, and he impacted that last game, uh, not with his points, but he had five blocks that erased mistakes for us uh, in that mm. game. Bo Cervantes... Um, you know, just tremendous leader, loud voice, um, just one of the most enthusiastic and infectious uh, student athletes I've ever been around. Dylan Mackey had a little bit of an up and down year, but now is playing, you know, as good as anyone in this conference. You know, he banged four threes at the beginning of that Trinity game to just make that statement of we're here and this is going to be a, this is going to be a contest. So um, it's it's a group that just has um, a lot of ways that, that we can hurt you. Um, and they're playing as well as they've played all year right now. You, of course, know this conference, know this area. You've been an assistant coach in in this area. Whether you were at, uh, let's double check here, uh, St. Edwards, you were at Southwestern, and then here at Shriner as an assistant, you took over the role. You're in your fourth season. That's all well and good. I'm kind of curious because you got one thing on this resume that doesn't doesn't quite make any sense to me. You're at Gallaudet. Did did you have a flight that went through D.C.? Stopped and you accidentally left the airport before getting on your other plane, and you ended up at Gal. Like how? Did, how'd you end up at Gallaudet? Because you're you're from Texas. Yeah. Uh, so I know you've interviewed Brendan Stern before, and he's oh, yeah. one of the most persuasive and uh, charming guys you'll ever believe. So Good way of putting a, it. Oh my God, he could convince a guy uh, to leave uh, Central Texas with a with a small child, a wife, and and uh, uh, and and go. You know chase an opportunity to be college basketball coach. I, I, w- I started as a high school coach at the Texas School for the Deaf. And Brendan happened Oh, to okay. To- I didn't realize that. Got yeah. it. So Brendan happened to come to town one summer and did a uh, and had a camp there. And me and him got to talking and, and just really hit it off. And he said, you know, would, would you ever consider coaching college basketball? I said, that's a dream of mine. But, I, you know, I, I don't know what the entryway is. Well, he said, I think you'd be great. And well, why don't you come to D.C. and be my assistant? And, uh, you know, with my wife was incredulous when I brought it up with her. But then she, uh, to her amazing credit, was the one that said, yeah, we can make this work. And here's how. Uh, and so that's where it started. Uh, you know, Brendan opened up so many doors for me. And I owe Gallaudet and him uh, so much for putting me on this path that's led here. Fourteen fifteen. if memory serves, first off, great opportunity to live in the D.C. area. I noticed it didn't stick, though, because you immediately went back to Texas. My guess is, wasn't fourteen fifteen a little bit of a rough year winter-wise and weather-wise? Oh, I don't, my goodness. 
It was the, it was one of the worst. It was one of the yeah. worst. It was a really good season for us basketball wise. We set a school record that year for wins. Yeah, great season. Wins and 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 Coach Stern was was coach of the year. Um, fortunate for me, I had an opportunity at, at St. Edward. Um, you know, coach Cook, I had a, a relationship with, and he, he uh, was going to give me an opportunity to be you know, closer to home. We had the small child. We had the support system there. So kind of, you know, without that foot in the door of college basketball, I probably don't get the opportunity at St. Ed's. But having the opportunity to go back home, I couldn't pass that up. Yeah. And, well, and Coach Stern, unfortunately, he, he went on to, to, to kind of leave coaching at that point. He's a professor now at Gallaudet. Yeah. He's still yeah. there. but uh, uh, So it kind of was a natural ending. Yeah, well, the weather didn't sell this place. I get it. I mean, it's a gorgeous area. It's nice to visit, but I know that was a rough year weather-wise. So I get it. You go back to the heat and, and craziness and ice storms of Texas. Makes total sense to me. It's depressing. It's depressing to walk out there, you know, in, in November, October, and, like, you can't do anything. Well, you got to stay inside. You're not walking out there. You're, you're uh, staying No, that's, that's when you get a really good winter snowstorm, which we haven't had in years, and you just enjoy the heck of it. But I don't need to make myself depressed. Um Congratulations! This is this is a, a tremendous story. Um, of course, your athletics director is Bill Riley, huge fan of the show, and I'm impressed that you're having this success. And I know Bill's watching, so I say this with all my heart that he hasn't helped derail everything. <laughs> Bill Riley has been a tremendous help. Obviously, he's he is Mr. Skak. He's been around oh, yeah. since the '90s. Uh, he knows it inside out. He's he's seen all these situations that I that I'm encountering. He's a great uh, person that I can uh, go vent to and, and, and talk to about, uh, you know, all the ups and downs of the season. Uh, you know, he, he takes such good care of us coaches in terms of, uh, uh, you know, letting us do our job, letting us coach. Yeah. And he takes care of all the other stuff. So uh, big, big credit to Bill. And, and he's a huge uh, uh, impact and, and reason that, that gave us the launch way to be successful this year. No, listen, I joke. Bill Bill's a great friend of the show. Love the guy. And, uh, He's tremendous, and I'm, I'm glad it's working out for you guys. Listen, you're in the NCAA tournament. You, you didn't do it the easy way. You didn't do it the scripted way. You did it the Cinderella and uh, Hollywood way. But you're in. It doesn't really matter, right? You, you got a chance to tip it up against Mayor Hunt Baylor. Before we let you go, Mayor Hunt Baylor, what are you expecting? How do you how do you see that playing out? Knowing that I'm not even going to ask you about the other side of the bracket, which obviously is another ASC or, or SCAC team, but what are you expecting from um, – from Cliff Carroll's squad, very very talented, very well coached. Um, you know, I think they're going to come out with a lot of intensity. Obviously, they lost their last game of the season, uh, not being able to get that that conference right. crown. I'm sure they're going to be extremely motivated. So we're going to have to match their energy and their intensity. Um, obviously, you've got Josiah Johnson, uh, an All American, on the other side. Uh, he's a big problem. Uh, Ty Prince is is their other kind of you know, head of the head of the snake. And, and we actually know Ty because we, he played in the SCAC before he, he came over to Maryland Baylor. So we played against him a couple of times and he's a problem. He's a problem. So I expect a really, really tough game uh, against a tough team. That's going to be really well coached. Yeah. And at their place, of course, means the crowd will be probably pretty good. And I have a feeling your team, your crowd might travel pretty well. Oh, they, they, I mean, they, they did a great job. The SCAC tournament, we were well, well represented. Um, and I think they'll, they'll make it out to, uh, to Belton and uh, help us out this time around, too. I'm sure. Hey, if the crowd's big enough, maybe we just move it to the football stadium really have some fun with this. That's what I said to Sarah on Monday. I, I don't know, just an idea. Yeah, it's right next door. Yeah, just right. Exactly. Hey, Marwin, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Great, uh, especially considering you're traveling for this uh, and you guys have your schedules tonight, but I appreciate you coming on and joining us for the show. As always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who might be tuned in? 
I know it's gonna it's gonna sound uh, trite, but you know, like everybody comes on, man. Dave, thanks so much for what you do for D three Hoops. Uh, this has been a tremendous resource for me throughout the years. Um, you know, just wanting to hear what other coaches uh, have to say, learning more about the landscape, learning more about you know, it, it's just tremendous what you do. And so, I guess my final word was is uh, go contribute to the fundraiser on the Venmo. Do it. Oh, thank you, Marvin. I really appreciate that. Um, we'll we'll have our fun talking about uh, our friend Sam Atkinson somewhere down the road. Look forward to it. Awesome. Marwin, take care. Good luck on uh, well, tomorrow, Friday night, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Dave. Marwin, uh, Elrock Abawi joining us here on the show uh, on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. I have a feeling this won't be the last time we're not we're not only talking about the program, but saying Elrock Abawi as well. Great last name, by the way. That might be on my all-time list. Uh, by the way, during that segment, our, contribu- our contributions jumped up $200. I want to thank uh, our contributor for that. Not sure if he wanted to be named, to be honest. Um, uh, D3 donation. Please keep up the great work. He did have a question. He said, good evening. Looking forward to tonight's broadcast. Is the voting done for D3 All-Americas or after tourney? If so, can you see, uh, see if Brianna Fitzgerald gets any considerations? Let's remind everybody how that works, especially the USIDs out there. All region teams are due, I think. Pat can correct me if he's listening to the show. I believe they're due by the end of this weekend, or are they due sooner than that? Uh-oh. I feel like I just walked down my own hornet's nest here uh, on information there. I know they were due soon. Um, trying to scan Twitter real quick. Pat put out a tweet recently, and I don't remember what he said. And I feel bad for not having that information now, and that's just bad luck. Um I know they're due soon. So what happens is we have the All-Region first, and then we have the All-America. So you have to be an All-Region candidate to get All-America um, recognized. So first, get that done. Be an All-Region member. Make sure that your SIDs have nominated everybody to be an All-Region candidate. That goes out to voting panels around the country. Uh, There is votes taking place, and then... The All-America comes out of that, and the All-America is done by the D3 Hoops staff, and, and we certainly bring in others to give opinions. So got to get through the All-Region side of that first. That's the most important part of that equation. And if you're not um, you know, an option there, then you're not going to get very far beyond that. So there's kind of a hint to how it all works. Sorry for the audio being up and down today. Not sure why it's changing on our end, but I'll keep an eye on it and try and make sure it stays going. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll go from Texas to New Jersey. Stockton Osprey are once again hosting the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament for the second year in a row. Scott Bentner comes on to talk about his team, talk about the emotional roller coaster that they've been on, and along with the ups and downs of wins and losses that have gotten them to the NCAA tournament. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. So much more after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us 
to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue to go on this Thursday, great conversation there with Shriner. We now jump to the East Coast, all the way to nearly Atlantic City. If you've actually gone into Atlantic City, you went a little too far and went right past the Osprey of Stockton, who, by the way, have a little bit of a history with me. Um, we found out, my wife and I found out, we were expecting my son while we were at Stockton covering the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament a few years ago. If anyone's curious, that was 14 years ago. Of course, Stockton's been in the tournament since then. They've hosted since then. This is their second hosting bid in a row as they got to bid last year. Remember, that was all the hype about Hopkins taking on Yeshiva that I think Stockton kind of got forgotten about. They ended up beating a rather, <laughs> I would argue, tired Hopkins team the very next night and moved on to the second weekend. This year, in, on and off the radar for whatever reason, and we'll certainly learn more about it as uh, we will talk Oh, I forgot to start something, so bear with me. Uh, there's the, It's why we need a producer. Uh, talking about it, joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach of the Stockton Osprey. It's Scott Bittner. And, Coach, great to see you. Welcome back to the show. I hope you are well. I, I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, hey, just a little light. Notice the voice is ras- uh, raspy. I, I don't think there's ever been a time I've known you during the season. Your voice is not raspy. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I, I drive my kids to school, and we have contests singing the national anthem, and it's like worse, worse, and worsest. And I am always the worsest, but I can't. I got to tell you, those two aren't much better. So I just think <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a genetic thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I can understand that entirely. Hey, listen, you know, we talked last season that you guys had been kind of, th- you know, through it a little bit, had to rebuild, retool, get back into the conversation. Certainly did that last season. And, and there were a lot of high expectations going into this year with a second weekend appearance in the NCAA tournament, hosting and all of that. 
And it was a bit of a rocky season. We could go into all the reasons, but I am curious. Do you think that the expectations were high to the point of distraction? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, th- I think it's so much easier to teach kids, you know, h- how to prepare after losses and, and you know, and, and after a, a bad campaign and then you have a good campaign and then you're trying to reboot. I think it gives you a whole new appreciation for guys like uh, Nick Saban and Belichick and, and, and the guys that get it done every year. Um, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, this year our record was identical going into our league final as it was last year. So, you know, I, I think the expectations, it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. Um, but to us, what constitutes a good season is winning all the games you're supposed to win. And we actually did that better this year than we did last year. Like last year, we had a couple of hiccups against teams that weren't as good. Um, our strength of schedule was much better this year. We loaded up uh, non-conference. And, um, you know, other than Randolph-Macon, we took care of all of them. And then, uh, you know, our, our blemishes are, are three to row and then an 18-win cane game on the road on a Wednesday night. So it, it's... You know, I, I mean, sometimes the expectations can be a little unfair, too. Oh, um, sure. You know, and I, you know, I, I, I commend our guys for showing up and, and winning, you know, winning all the games you're supposed to win and stealing enough of the others to say you had a good year. I mean, I guess your program's arrived if people are disappointed in your 22 and five, right? <laughs> I mean, no, that's, that's true. I mean, I really, it wasn't about the tail end. I think it was more about maybe the beginning and, and listen, there was a lot going on for you guys. Um, there's the expectations of the season. And I think you even came on to social media at one point and I'm forgetting the, the tweet now. So forgive me. So I'm paraphrasing. I could be wrong, but I, I think you even said, listen, sometimes you're, you're, you're available and you're, and you're, focused on the game and sometimes you're not and sometimes guys are clicking and sometimes they're not and you weren't blaming anybody at all you're just kind of explaining this is what happens with a, a bunch of young men on a, on a basketball team and it made total sense but you guys had a lot going on we'll, we'll go into your assistant coach in a moment but this wasn't a prototypical season and you guys had to balance a lot no i mean i i think people people expected the eye test to be one thing and and you know Fair. And your you know, your kids are saying, you know, you're trying to hold them to a different standard in terms of, of the fundamentals of defense, and they're like, coach, but we're winning. I, I mean, if I got that comment a half a dozen times in the last two years, I'm probably shortchanging it. But coach, <laughs> we're winning. I, I said, yeah, I, I know you're winning, but you're not going to beat the great teams this way. Um, <laughs> and and yeah, you know, there was three or four times the coaches and I looked at each other on the bench saying, man, we hope we lose tonight. You know, I, you know, just. Because that's where your 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 learning lessons are a lot of times in defeat, and, and yeah. it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes when you load up on your schedule, um, you know, I, I'm not sure we had an easy game to start. You know, you start your season with a group team that's in the NCAA tournament, and then you're at Penn State, Harrisburg, and then you got the sales, and you got Rowan, and you never get a chance to feel confident, right? You never get like that 25 or 30 point game. You're every game's it, it is what it is. And, you know, I, it, it, you know, winning by eight is as good as winning by 30. And the funny thing is when we, when we lost, we got our money's worth when we lost. And, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I have a tendency to take the foot off the gas. Like if I don't think we have it that night, I'm just taking the guys out. I'll sure. put the other guys in, you know, I, so I think sometimes our losses look worse than they have to look because, 
you know, I, you had your 30 minutes. Like, you guys yeah. sucked, and we're putting the other guys in. And, and no. trying to get, you know, freshmen, sophomores minutes. And, and you know, I, I kind of feel like you, you, kind, you can sense when you're going to be in it and when you're not. No, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And listen, I, I like the defense comment because as a coach of a young team, I get it too. When you're winning, they don't understand that, okay, great, but you still need to execute this or the winning will not continue. Um, you guys had a, also a bit of a, of a rough start. Um, you lost your longtime assistant coach suddenly. Uh, he died what a, shortly after coaching a game for you, in fact. Well, he, he didn't die right away. So, you know, he had a heart attack right. two days after coaching when I was on my best behavior at Penn State Harrisburg. And, you know, I decided to go to the local tavern at halftime and he took over. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I didn't go to the local tavern. I know I you're kidding. To. It's just the best story I've ever heard. <laughs> I wanted to, but I didn't go. So he takes over and, you know, and none of the other assistants were there because we you know, were far away. The one guy just yeah. had a baby. The other guy, like he's a teacher and it's like fall break. And his wife said, guess what? You're coming to like Montana this week. So it's just him and I, and um, and I get tossed. So he's on the bench by himself with twelve other assistants, um, and and then we have a manager on the bench that's kind of trying to text me, asking me what to do and this and that. I said, tell him, tell Hutch that he's been coaching a hell of a lot longer than I've been alive, and he can figure it out. So he figured it out, and uh, we come from behind. We'd be a really good Harrisburg team at um, at their place, which isn't easy to yeah. do, and and. And I, you know, I just felt great for him, and uh, you know, and then then the next day he's not feeling good. And he texts me, he says, "I'm not going to make it to practice." And then his wife calls me two two hours later, and he had a massive heart attack. Mm. Um, so I had a lot of things going through my number one: did I cause it by getting tossed and, and putting like extra burden on him? Fair. Um, now the doctor said, of course, that that wasn't the case. He said, it, you know, he just had some blockages and whatnot. Um, but he, he hung on and fought for five or six weeks. So we're like on pins and needles for a while. And, then, you know, and I'm going to visit him and he's, he's, he's getting more and more an alert. And, um, and they had to amputate a limb or two, two limbs, and it kind of caused some complications and whatnot. And I think it caused a lot of the, you know, he lost a bit of his will to fight knowing he wasn't going to be full. So, I mean, it was right around, you know, a few days after Christmas, I guess, maybe right around New Year's. And and, he, and I get a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning from his son, and, and he didn't make it. I knew exactly what the call was. Um, so you're dealing with young people that say, Coach, I've never lost anybody close to me before, and this and that. And, and, and you know, our, our mission statement is to teach life skills through the game of basketball, and, and there's no better way to do that because – we're all going to lose people in our lives and you got to be able to, to channel, channel it and, and maybe work harder, do better in school, or, or just find ways to, 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 to lose yourself in the game of basketball or, or in your schoolwork. And then, you know, from a basketball standpoint, you know, the, the, you know, he's been with us for 26 or 27 years. I mean, I've been with him since 2006 we went to the same college, um, you know, a decade or two apart, probably two decades apart, but we went to the same school. It, I, you know, he coached against me when I was a player in high school, and, and, you know, he was like a father figure to me. He was a mentor. He was a brother. He was a friend, and he was a colleague. Um, and every great organization has has a 
you know, a big piece of it is about account- accountability. And I'm really good at holding guys accountable, but I'm only good at holding guys accountable if I have somebody that's showing empathy to those guys. And he was the best at that. So I have, I have really missed that. Um, you know, and we've missed that. And, and he was a guy that would walk around the court and whisper in guys' ears and say, you know, you're right, guys. He is an a-hole, but he's our a-hole. You know, like, like you know, he, he was, you know, he, he was like, he was great at just massaging what was going on and, and just saying there's a purpose behind it. You know, the, the method of, of madness that that Ben has given you guys. So we, you know, we've missed him quite a bit. And his wife stopped in today. We gave his shirts to wear, you know, over our uniforms for warm ups. And his son played for us, and. and we remain really close to them. Um, yeah, so I, I no. think after the season, it'll give us a chance to kind of digest that whole situation. You know, fair. Yeah, I should point out died in early January. Um, listen, look at the schedule. You can't pick out a game. And go, oh, that was that was definitely them dealing with it emotionally. You, you beat the sales a couple days after he's had the heart attack in overtime. The sales right. was a pretty tough team. Rowan then got you, but I mean, we all know Rowan's good, so can't really pin it on that. And then you look at January. Okay, you lost to Rowan in mid-January. Again, back to the conversation, you know, Rowan's good. So I'm impressed with what you guys were able to do despite those emotions. And to some, and I can appreciate this, especially with my dad, I'm betting the floor and the and the, and the games and the practices and stuff were a good place to de- you know, com- kind of compartmentalize things. This is where we went and we dealt with things. Even if he had been part of it, it was still cathartic. Yeah, yeah, it was... It was uh... It's been great. I mean, being busy is the healthiest thing for everything, right? <laughs> you know, like, like no matter what you're dealing with, you know, if a busy person has tends to be a ha- happier than a person that's not busy. Um, Very and true. That was a busy week. Like we played Rosemont, and and we got in the vans, and we were no, we were knew we were going to his viewing after the game, so we hop in the vans and go to the viewing. So we didn't play real well against Rosemont, and then the next day, you know, we're, we're we, then we have one day in between, and the, the funeral was on a Tuesday, so we didn't get the practice before the Rowan game. Um, and, and just the way some guys have classes lined up and whatnot, we didn't even have a shoot around for the Rowan game. Um, you know, and I <laughs> and you need a shoot around for Rowan because Rowan shoots a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? You need a shoot around, and then you know you also need to be able to get punched in the face and respond. And, and that that I just didn't think we have the energy to do that that night. Um, you know, I know. I mean, they're really, really, really good, um, and they're really good against us because I, you know, I don't think they're happy that we beat them three times last year. So they were really, really up for those games, and and you know, if they play that hard, I, I you know, I think they have a chance to beat anybody. Talk about uh, a little bit about your team, a little bit of the players. Um, your point guard, Caden uh, Dawkins, uh, program career assist leader during the game against Kane back in mid uh, February. He has almost 400 career assists. Um, you got a great team that has had to play a tough schedule. I know it's not just him, but start with him and then tell me about all the other guys. Uh, Katie is a guy that doesn't get the love that the other guys get. Um, he, he's, he's quiet by nature. Um, you know, and even in the voting, the league guys don't. He, he, didn't, he doesn't get the highest amount of votes but, votes. but the funny thing is, like, he seems to be the guy that everybody has the hardest problem guarding. You know, because we spread the floor, 
And, you know, he beats guys off the dribble. And, and then he, he is also probably our best post player. We dribble him in the post and people have trouble with that. Then they go back and put a big guy on him and then we spread the floor. So he's kind of my crutch offensively and he doesn't get the love. So, I mean, you know, Katie has been great. I mean, to break the, the record at a school like ours that has such a rich history is, is something else. Um, and then you have Kion Flanders, who's a senior backcourt man with him. And Kion's been first team all league three times. He's been second team all league once. He's been defensive player of the year twice in the league. And he's the best leader I've ever coached. Um, he's the best at holding other guys accountable because he walks the walk and, and he talks the talk. And it's hard to find guys like that. Um, and then DJ, DJ, Zach Lake speak for themselves. He, 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 had a rough year in terms of like now and now he's the man, right? And he's getting face guard. He's getting this, he's getting that. Um, and he's got a coach that just kind of lets that ha happen. You know, instead of force feeding him the ball, I think we have enough other guys that can really, really play. So we, we, we it's not like we run a million things to help him when he's getting face guarded. Um, so I think, he, you know, as a junior, he's had a hell of a learning experience and I'm sure he'll, you know, he, he's the hardest worker we have. Uh, nobody loves basketball more than DJ. Um, so he's had, you know, he's had another real, real good year, and I expect that I have an even better year next year. What's it mean to be hosting? You've got a, a pretty big pod this weekend. I mean, everybody's got a good one, to say the least. But you've got LaRoche. Uh, the AMC is going to be your opponent. On the other side, you got Mary Washington and St. Lawrence. you got a nice kind of mix there, a little less headliney than it was maybe last season. Yeah. But what are you expecting from this? What are you expecting from the Red Hawks especially? Uh, well, I mean, number one, we, we're lucky. We draw really, really well towards the end of the year. I mean, our place is, is you know, like Josh Luffer said last year, it's as good as any atmosphere, you know, in the NCAA tournament. He's been a part of it in our place. And, you know, I think it's like everywhere else. If you win, they they come, right? Um, and, and there's a lot going on. You know, you we're, we're a you know, Philadelphia suburb and New Jersey, you got pro sports, high school sports are really big here. So sometimes it's until the end of the year where people really start taking notice. Um, so number one, I'm expecting a really good crowd. Um, watching LaRoche, I mean, we're a, a good opponent, no doubt about that. They have an excellent point guard that would be as good as any of the point guards in our league. They're long, athletic, they shoot a lot of threes. Um, they, they loaded up their schedule um the beginning of the year to get ready for a game like this, right? Like they played Case Western. They played uh, at Marietta. They played um, Hamilton. Um, and I'm missing somebody else they played in there. So, you know, I mean, we're, we're going to have our hands full. And then if, if you're lucky enough to beat them, you're going to end up with Mary Washington or a St. Lawrence team that plays a, a zone that we haven't seen all year. So it, it's it's, you know, it's one of those you, you kind of you you really pumped up and hope you win and then if not you get your life back right so you just <laughs> you just roll the ball out there and you, you have fun and, and and you know you want your kids to play well and, and uh, to love each other and you know if the ball goes in more than it does for them then we win. Uh, quickly, obviously this the end jack this season um, we know it's always competitive. It felt like this year it was uh, competitive at a higher level with so many good teams now in the mix how helpful is that in preparing you not necessarily see LaRoche or seeing whatever but to battle in a game and know it's not over until it's over yeah I mean it's it's funny our league our league is weird um, you know, I know Justin was on a few weeks ago and it's 
I, I'm not sure. Like, I, I almost think somebody should write a book on, like, you know, John Feinstein wrote the book on the Patriot League. Well, just come to the end, Jack, because, it, you know, there's there's a million stories in every season. And, and yeah. you walk into some of these gyms and, you know, like, you know, Newark may have been a little bit down this year, but Joe's a great coach. And, and walking into Newark, New Jersey on a Wednesday night and, and, and playing with the physicality that's allowed to be played in our league, like, it, it's not easy to leave with a win. Um, same thing about Jersey City. You know, Mark's teams play so hard, and you walk into there, and, and it's not easy to win. You know, to to to, to leave with a win, and there's a reason why it, it's hard for the teams in our league to get out of league opponents to come play us. Like we we always have to go on the road. It doesn't seem like we're ever able to get a home game against any of the heavy hitters because because it's really tough. Um, but this is why you do it, right? You do it because maybe it'll make you a little bit better. Uh, yeah you know, for the NCAA tournament. And, um, you know, I think we're battle tested between our, our, you know, our strength of schedule out of league. I don't know. Is it top two or three in the country? Probably, you know, I have Rochester. It's definitely top 10. Yeah. You know, we're right, right in that mix. So we kind of try to lay it out and, you know, like we could have bypassed the whole season for this week and I guess we would have done it. Um, (laughs) I'd have, I'd have a hell of a lot of energy left in me right now. That's for sure. I I Um, bet. Hey, Scott, you know, I appreciate the time. Congratulations on the team. Uh, my condolences, obviously, to the loss of your coach and, and your really family member. Um, but congratulations on how you all have uh, you know, gotten through it all. And I know you'll uh, celebrate that in the future, but the point is basketball now, and we look forward to seeing how it all plays out this weekend. As always, give the coach the final word, though. Any final thoughts you want to share no, with those two? I appreciate two, then? you having me, and, and, and my condolences for your loss. I mean, I've been there, and I know that, and in every big day in your life, you're going to think of your dad like I think of my dad. And, you know, the Eagles lose the Super Bowl and it's his fault. I mean, that's the way I look at it. That's brilliant. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. That's great. I love uh, it. Yeah. So if we lose tomorrow, it's my dad's fault. There you go. Yeah. My dad always watched uh, the Cubs. And when Lee Smith would be pitching and, and he'd blow a save, my dad always thought it was because my dad was watching. So I always blamed him for that. So, yeah, we'll just we'll just extrapolate from there. There you go. There you go. Hey, Scott, Thanks good again. luck this weekend. Take care of yourself. Thanks again for the time. And we'll look forward to catching up with you down the road. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely, Bye-bye. Scott. Bittner. Didn't set up the camera right there. Scott Bittner joining us on the Blue Frame or the Huddle Hoopsaw Hotline. Appreciate the time he gave us to do that and uh, talk about the emotions of the season. Great to chat with him. Good luck to the Osprey this weekend. A fun um, mascot, to say the least. When we come back, we'll actually head a little bit up New Jersey and on to Long Island and talk to Merchant Marine women's basketball. Matt Dempsey's team's having an historic season. And it continues on to the NCAA tournament with yet another NESCAC foe. We'll talk all about that with him coming up. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC studios. Much more ahead. These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, Keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities.
I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoops, everybody, as we continue to roll along. By the way, the uh, tote board's been a little over, over the place tonight. I apologize. Uh, when at doing some ma- basic math, apparently I can't do basic math, and I'm usually a math guy. So our tote board's there, over 7,700, 77% of the way to our goal. Appreciate all the support, including the big donation tonight. If you want to donate or please consider donating, you can do so the, via Venmo or on uh, GiveButter, or if you want to find a way to directly um Send it to us. Contact us. We'll give you more information on how you can do that via check or bank transfer. Uh, women's basketball now. Matt Dempsey's Merchant Marine Academy squad is having a bonkers season because it's historic in many ways. They have won more games than they ever have in program history, which is saying a lot. And they're on to yet another NCAA tournament. This is a Merchant Marine Academy, remember, that has a lot going on academically. We'll talk about that later after we chatted, or after you hear from Matt Dempsey, who we talked to earlier today. Now joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach of Merchant Marine, is Matt Dempsey. And coach, welcome to the show. Welcome to the NCAA tournament. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Uh, tremendous season. 24-2 and two this campaign. Your last loss, not that you need to be reminded, was back on the 5th of January. The only other one was back around Thanksgiving. you got to be pretty thrilled with how this team has played this season. Yeah, I really am. We uh, historically have actually gotten better every uh, every season as the season progresses, and uh, this year was no different. So suffered a couple, couple early losses, like you said, and continued to improve, and the girls really worked hard, and um, uh, it's a historic season for sure. Maybe we've gotten used to this. It feels like a 20-win season is kind of the norm since 2018-19. I, I, I say that seriously because I remember looking up going, oh, Merchant Marines having another good season. We'll get to them. You know, I, I don't think it it resonated with me just how good this season was until literally this week. And I went, man, they're 24 and two. Like that's on another level for you guys. It really is. We, uh, and we got some same girls from a few, few years ago too. So it's really nice to, uh, you know, they were freshmen at that time and really building a program and, and uh, success is really showing off. And um, it's a lot of hard work that they put into it. Uh, obviously, you were the the top dog in the Skyline tournament. Uh, ended up uh, getting that victory and getting the automatic bid, so you didn't have to worry about whether your resume was good enough for the NCAA tournament or nothing. Um, 
but admittedly that championship tournament may could have gone sideways that you guys kind of had to fight back a little bit yeah we knew that i mean the, the teams that were in there mount st mary's is always good and i think they won an ncaa game uh, last time they were in the tournament um manhattanville's been strong and uh looking to kind of crack through and we were able to to hold them off after again they beat us during the regular season so it was a nice uh a nice way to cap it off in front of our home crowd too we had a, a packed house and the student body was going crazy and they stormed the court after the game which was really really fun yeah that that is obviously program record and wins walking to the NCAA tournament, I know those are probably all lofty goals that you have at the beginning of the season, but what does it mean to check them off? Yeah. I mean, it really, really is one of the boxes and we, we're going to keep going now. Just getting to get into the dance is a big, big deal. Really, really excited about it. And then hopefully getting our first win is, is the next step. And that's, uh, that's kind of the progression in the program. Uh, Lauren Hunter, Skyline Player of the Year. You earned Coach of the Year. Obviously speaks a lot. Uh, Madison Demos, uh, also a first-teamer, Grace uh, Jackson. I'm sorry, Dem- Demos and Jackson on the second team. Speaks a lot for the team, but I know it's yeah. more than that. But let's start with that. Tell me about those three players. Yeah, those three have been been very strong. Um, Lauren Hunter, player of the year, um, player of the tournament, and uh, she's been historically very good. Even as a freshman, she was an all-region player. We're looking at her. She's ranked in the top 10 in, in several categories, rebounding, scoring, in the NCAA. So she's been really consistent for us. And uh, uh, she scored over a thousand points in, in just three seasons. So she's, uh, she's been really good. And uh, Madison Demos, a seniors, the leadership too, that her and Lauren Hunter provide has <clears throat> been tremendous rebounding machine. And uh, Grace Jackson is just a really good athlete. She was the uh, uh, player uh, freshman of the year last year in the conference and uh, first team all league last year, second team this year, and just uh, has been very, very consistent as well. So having those three is a nice, nice core. And then we've been able to build around it with other players that uh, complement those three, uh, which is nice to have. What's amazing is, is what jumps out at me is about about those players. Lauren Hunter's a double, double 20 points a game, pretty much 13 rebounds a game. And she does a lot more than that. Shoots 50% from the floor. Grace Jackson's got double digits and scoring 11 and a half hands out second most assists on the team. And Madison Demos, I'll call her a double-double because she's at 9.2 points and 10.6 rebounds and also does a whole wealth of stuff. You're getting a lot from those three. And, and again, we'll talk about the rest of them too, but that's a lot of points, a lot of rebounds. It makes teams have to pick their poison to some degree. Yeah, it really does. And, and we, uh, you know, we're really proud of that fact. You know, we're not just relying on one player. We've got uh, three three studs, so to speak, and we've got other complementary players who are really doing well too. Um, but those three have been in the core of our, uh, you know, the reason we've been so, so successful uh, this year and the last couple of years, which is nice. Here, Winston leading the team in assists at nearly five a game. Jackson's at four a game. That's what's so impressive about that. She's pulling down on top of that eight points a game. Uh, how, how much does this team – excited how much is this team ready how much is this team focused in those three categories for what's coming up um i would say pretty high in all of them to be honest with you they're really excited uh very proud for the accomplishment of winning the skyline but not uh not done yet so to speak and uh we're really looking forward to a challenge up at uh, tufts they're a very good program and uh tough first round opponent at being at playing at their home but uh, like i said our girls are really really pumped really excited and uh, hope we get that first W in the tournament. 
we talked to a lot of schools that are unique in terms of what they are in terms of setup, whether it was Maine Maritime or it's Coast Guard or whatever. And we've had Merchant Marine on, but not in recent years. Let's remind everybody a little bit of what this entails, because you're you're not going out there and just recruiting anybody who wants to maybe learn a little bit about boating uh, to be a little bit on the light side of that. They're making a huge commitment not only to come and play for you, but to be at the institution and then what that entails afterward. It's almost like going to the U.S. Navy. It's uh, exactly like that. We're one of the five federal academies, um, you know, so it's very difficult to get in. Um, it's a very challenging school here. We grab uh, four years of academics basically into three years, and we have a year called Seer that's chopped up and where they go out to see and travel the world. And it's almost like a student teaching kind of series where they have a lot of work to do and, and uh, uh, a, lo- a lot of uh, exams and tests and, and um, things that they have to produce while they're out at sea. So it's not just like they're on a cruise ship having fun. So it's a, it's a very challenging institution. Uh, they have to give back to the, the government, you know, in ways of working in the industry or going to serve in one of the branches of the military. We have that option, which is nice. So the Naval Academy pretty much just goes Navy, you know, Marines maybe. And, you know, we, we're allowed to go all the all the branches as well as serve in the maritime industry, which is which is a super job. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you, they can get a Coast Guard license without going to Coast Guard and Coast Guard ends up being your rival. There's a whole little twist going on there. There really is, and it was really nice to get uh, get that win against Coast Guard. That's a big. It's like the Army Navy game for us, and uh, and uh, we hadn't beaten them in the last few years, and we were able to uh, get them at home this year, which was very no nice. pressure. You got them game number two of the season. I mean, you had to come out ready to go right out of the gate. Yeah, we usually play them later in the year, and this was the first time we did it early, and uh, you know, it worked out for us. It's always a challenge. Alex does a great job up there. In uh, at Coast Guard, and she uh, she had them ready, and they ended up having a good year. I think they made their tournament in, in the conference, so it was a nice win early for sure. Snarky question, but because you go both have some Mariner side at both schools, I assume you don't drive through New York. You guys just take boats across <laughs> I from wish. coast to coast, right? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, <clears throat> no, we we unfortunately have to handle the New York City traffic. <laughs> That's too bad. I think the boat might be faster at times. Well, um, but back to the point about the school. I mean. Obviously, the success of the program will help recruiting. That will help get you players that that can help keep this program at where you are. But on the flip side of that, it's not the easiest sell, I'm sure. It's not like you can just walk up to any player and they're like, oh, sure, that sounds like a wonderful commitment. How how does that work on the recruiting trails? Well, I have a a tremendous assistant coach, Alexa Shields, and she handles the majority of our recruiting. And uh, she's on the phone 24-7 talking to people from around around the country. So we do not recruit regionally. You know, we're, we're all over the place. If you look at our, our roster, we've got California. We've got a, you know, a couple from the Chicago area. Uh, we've had Montana, several from Texas, Alabama, you, you name it, all over the country. We don't get a, a lot of players from our back door, you know, in, in our region as much. It's really competitive to get in from New York, New Jersey, and some of the other coastal states. But we, um, she does a great job of, of, uh, of the recruiting, the bulk of it, and we together – I put together a nice little, nice little package for the for these players. No, it certainly has worked out well, as we said, since 2018-19. It's been synonymous that you've got 20 wins. Um, and I wouldn't say it's synonymous being the NCAA tournament, but I it almost feels like it's the expectation now for this program. And if you aren't playing in March, it's a bit of a disappointment. It, it, it is. You know, last, uh, last season we lost at Mount St. Mary's for the opportunity to go 
to the big dance, and um, that, that hurt. It really hurt. So the girls were looking forward to the season and, and trying to get back to the NCAs, and that obviously is a big goal for our program. And to to achieve that three times in just a few years is uh, is really a nice accomplishment. We're really proud of it. I realize uh, it's not easy in the NCAA tournament, and it won't be easy for you as you're all traveling up to the Boston area to take on Tufts in the first round. To use the joke, it will be tough. What, what do you expect from this Jumbos unit, and maybe what are they not expecting that you think you can take advantage of? Uh, I, I think they'll be be prepared, so not not speaking for them. Um, they're such a good program. I'm sure they'll be prepared, but we uh, we need to be ready to go. And, and um, you know, we're traveling up there late tonight, so we miss a practice time. And uh, not to use any excuses, we got to be ready to go tomorrow at 6:30. So uh, it's a challenging place to play, from what I hear. I've actually never been in that facility. It's our third time making the tournament. It's our third NESCAC uh, host. We were at Bowdoin, we were at Amherst, and now we're at Tufts. So we're getting a chance to see all the schools. I coached at Vermont, that uh, school up in Vermont for a long time, and familiar with Middlebury and, and obviously familiar with all the other NESCACs. So uh, it's a nice opportunity to go up there and play with a good crowd and a good fan base and a well-run tournament uh, so far dealing with all the Tufts people. Yeah, no, they're great people. Cousins Gym is a great location, a little twist on uh, the direction it used to run in to make sure it was NCAA legal now. Um, but it's interesting that you get all the NESCACs there, but – Maybe you know you can always knock one off and and make people turn their their heads. What do you what do you see with the jumbos that that you think you match up well with? Well, they're they're a solid team. I mean, they, they've got a lot of players. They they play a lot of players. They're uh, they're all American. Uh, and the post is really really good. They're uh, all the guards are, are tremendous. They can shoot. They can drive. So it's not one dimensional. So we've got to be ready to play uh, good solid defense, and that's kind of what we've been doing that uh, has been producing wins. We've been playing really good defense and, and rebounding the basketball. And I kind of preach that you take care of the ball, you rebound and you uh, play good, solid defense. You're going to be in every game. So we're hoping for that uh, to happen for tomorrow night. You certainly know this level. Well, you played at Castleton state for the men's basketball team. Um, I think you're also a soccer player uh, at Castleton. And as you mentioned, you, you had some coaching experience. You were at green mountain, the once uh, institution up there, um, but then he ended up outside of that. He went to D1 Navy, as as we were talking about. What brought you back not only to Merchant Marine? Obviously, that's a, an easy tie-in with Navy, but what brought you back into D3? And and now you've been there 15, 15 years. What's kept you? Yeah, 15 years. I'm going past uh, 35 years in the in the job, so it's, uh, it's getting up there. And really, really excited about coming back to an academy, leaving the Naval Academy and coming at the Merchant Marine Academy. Very similar student body. Uh, like-minded uh, athletes, uh, leaders, and uh, really, really solid people. So I really wanted to be around that and uh, been fortunate enough to be here for 15 years with my assistant, Alexa Shields, all 15 years together. So it's, That's uh, impressive. Yeah, it's really impressive, and uh, we're really happy about that. Well, it's obviously gravy from here because you're, you're in the NC tournament. You get the attention, and, and I, but I know that there's higher aspirations. We won't ask you if if beating Tufts is necessarily that higher aspiration, but how do you get the team focused on enjoying the moment, but also understanding the task at hand, no matter how monumental? Yeah, that's that's a tough job. It really is. Uh, our first time up in the in the tournament, we were a little starstruck and weren't ready to play. And and Smith uh, beat us up at Bowdoin pretty bad, and uh, and we settled in. The last time we were at Amherst, playing Rowan, a, a nationally ranked team, and only lost by a few points, which was a a, a nice challenge. You know. 
again, it's, it doesn't feel good losing, but we could see improvement. And we're hoping to keep, keep you know, taking those steps in the right direction. Well, it's fun to see you guys in there. And I'll admit, I miss you from the Landmark Conference, even if there were some twists and turns with all the membership. Um, I see that it's worked out pretty well in the Skyline, so I can't bemoan the idea that you guys went off to the Skyline Conference. But it's good to see you again. Great to have you on the show. Congratulations on what has been a, a tremendous season and maybe one that we didn't give enough attention to prior. But um, good luck against Tufts. As always, we give the guests the final word, though. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? I'm just really happy to be on the show again. I mean, uh, last time I was on it, I was battling cancer, and you had me on. It was a really nice uh, nice thing to be on your show, and, and you do a great job. D3 Hoops is uh, is really solid and, and really fun to watch the website follow you talk about other programs too so uh i'm like a sponge learning from you uh just like you are learning from other coaches so thanks for having us well thanks for having you just proof we should have gotten you on sooner because that was way too long ago uh to to be to be honest but congratulations good luck against tufts we'll talk to you soon thanks dave really appreciate it absolutely appreciate the time coach matt dempsey joining us from merchant marine here on the huddle hoops hotline once again, thanks to Coach uh, Dempsey for being on the show. Quick note, I wanted to mention about the Merchant Marine, which we which we just talked about. A couple of notes. He talked about the sea year. Consider that means they spend a year basically at sea learning the ship. So they take a four-year education and squash it into three, while, by the way, also playing athletics. Um, as he mentioned, the academy is part of the five service academies, which we mentioned, Army, Navy, Air Force, which get all the attention in D1, Coast Guard, and themselves. Here's the part that I find the most interesting. When they're done, like with all the other service academies, you, you go to school for free, but you then pay it back. Not sure exactly the length of time. I've heard six to eight years, but I could be wrong. Here are their two options. They could work on their Coast Guard license in the maritime industry for a set number of years, which we just mentioned, um, while also serving the country as an officer in the Naval Reserve. That's their first choice. Their second choice, I think, is the most fascinating. They can go active duty in any branch of the military as an officer. So you can leave the Merchant Marine, and if you choose, enter the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines as an officer right away. Fascinating. I did not realize that part. One part I did know was you. we talked about September, or, uh, sorry, December 7th um, and the losses there. Merchant Marine lost some lives there as well. Uh, I'll never forget it, uh, only because we made a note of it when Merchant Marine played at Goucher one year on December 7th. We'll take a break. When we come back, pivot back, talk men's basketball with Mitch Oliver from Albertus Magnus as we work our way just a little bit further up the coast into Connecticut. A little bit eccentric today, I apologize, but that's what happened when we scrambled to replace some guests that we had lost. You listen to Hoops Show presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. Mitch Oliver and the Falcons are next. That's right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. 
a monster dunk or no-look pass, and cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success and prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. And welcome back, everybody, to Hoopsville on this Thursday evening. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can also join us on Facebook and YouTube where we're live simulcasting the show, as we always do. Thanks to our partners at T1 Sports and Blue Frame Technology and Huddle. You can do so at Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, and YouTube at youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. If you happen to be watching us live on any of those avenues or on demand, they're right there at the bottom of your screen. Also at the bottom of your screen, our fundraising campaign, which is now over 77% of the way to our goal. Thanks to some donations tonight. Please make sure you donate. The uh, The uh, QR code there will get you to our Give Butter side of things. Venmo is the information's on the screen as well. And again, if you'd rather write a check or send something more directly, um, contact us via our email address. We'll get you information on that. Sponsors, advertisers, and all that, we're working on a big pro uh, project for next season. Already hearing from a couple about jumping on board for next year. We'd hope to have you as well. All right, let's talk men's basketball. Albertus Magnus had arguably the biggest upset of the weekend this past weekend, which stole another bid from men's basketball, as we talked about. Eight to ten bids stolen. We've already talked to one coach who had the steal. Uh, this one was Albertus Magnus naked, uh, knocking off St. Joseph's of Connecticut in the GNAC championship game. Um, remember, Albertus Magnus was a team we talked about all the time on this show because they were a top 25 program. Then the GNAC kind of evolved into Johnson and Wales where they cooked up quite a bit of, of a few seasons. And now it's St. Joseph's in an evolving GNAC. So joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, Mitch Oliver. Once again, it's been a while, Coach. Great to have you back. Congratulations, because not only are you are do you uh, give St. Joseph's a, a, a non-undefeated season, not only do you win the GNAC title, but you punch yourselves a ticket to the NCAA tournament, which maybe, arguably, wasn't really in the cards. Yeah, no, it was uh, – well, I, I mean, it's something that we – with our program, something that we talk about every you know every year. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, 
And you know, our goal every year is to um, is to play in the championship game uh, to get a chance at that automatic bid. And this was our 11th straight year in that game. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we 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 started off the season, you know, actually two and two and six. On December third, we were two and six, and now three months later, on March third, we're nineteen and nine. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been it's been a big turnaround. But uh, yeah, it was certainly a, a great upset, and um, you know we know them so well, and they'll tell you the same thing. Glenn does a tremendous job there, and they've just made the league you know that much better, and it's it's we've all benefited from that. Well, that was I mean you got to a few points I was going to point out. We we talked about Johnson and Wales, and then St. Joseph's, but you have been in the conference title game eleven straight years. You guys have been the bellwether for this conference for a long time. In fact. Last season was the first sub-20 win season since 2011. I mean, it's mind-blowing to me to consider the how consistent your program has been. But because of the other two, you've kind of stepped a little bit back from the spotlight. What's that position like when you guys have been so synonymous with, with the top of the GNAC? Um, it's actually nice to, to, to take a step back a little bit. Um, sure. Oh, t- take a little of the pressure off, but uh, you know how it goes with coaching and in in uh, student athletes. No one puts more pressure on you than yourself. So you know we're still going to carry ourselves with you know with a lot of pride, and we're going to give her all every single time out. But uh, it's been it's been good. You know, um, I was on the rack committee about four years ago, and that was an eye opener as far as strength of schedule and scheduling. That helps tremendously, and um, we back like this year our non conference schedule. I haven't seen the the actual numbers, but we got to be one or two, probably one in our region. Now, granted, we only played seven non-conference games, um, but we've done a good job going out and and finding and playing those, you know, the better teams, um, you know, in the region when we can. And because of where we are, we you know we can grab some games in New York, New Jersey as well. Um, so you know, so that has helped a lot. But it's listen, anytime you have more competition in the league. Um, it, it just makes your league that much better. Having two teams go this year, uh, it's the first time ever from the GNAC, is is only going to help us uh, in in the future. And and you obviously you know with the with the re, the new region makeup, um, we have a better chance at, at getting that at large bid. And you know this year our, our league went to two, two divisions. Um, next year it'll return uh, to the to a normal format, but we'll only play each other once. So we'll kind of take that NESCAC format, and I'll have 11 non-league games uh, to fill, and that that that'll be huge for us. Um, you know, you know, anything can happen year to year, but you can kind of target the primary programs that you know are very consistently good. So I don't think we'll get hurt with strength of schedule, and that'll help. No, I mean that's we've always talked about that being a benefit, and I and I know you've you certainly appreciated that in the evolution of this program. Um, to where you are. Of course, you get the automatic bid. That just takes care of all the business. You don't have to really yep. worry about it. You've been shipped out to Oswego uh, to, sun, to, to to a little bit of sun and fun. No, no, I believe there's snow on the uh, at the lake. Um, got John Carroll in the first round. There's no easy games anywhere in the NCAA tournament. No. You guys certainly have a doozy here with the Blue Streaks. Looking ahead, what do, you, what do you expect from John Carroll? What have you guys learned about him? How do you think you do well? And does a team like St. Joe's compare? Yeah, I mean, you know, you said there's no easy games to turn, but honestly, there's no easy games in, in college basketball. Uh, it's hard to Fair. win. Um, but, uh, yeah, John Carroll's, I mean, you know, you, you learn, you find out who you're playing, and, you know, within an hour, you, you got everything you need and, and you're preparing. 
they they play like uh, they, they play fast. Like we try to play fast. And those are program. We try to score quick, um, and we flow into secondary and and uh, they play very fast. He's got four Division one transfers, one Division two transfer, um, and obviously I'm sure you know you saw like the article that was out there today. Uh, the connection on all of them. Uh, they're tremendously talented. They're well coached. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, St. Joe's number one team in the country for a reason. So, uh, you know, they, they, you know, they're they're very, they're similar talent wise. But you know, Glenn does an awesome, awesome job defensively. I mean, St. Joe's clear the best defensive team in the country by the numbers, and, and by the eye test and what they do. Uh, John Carroll, I think, is playing faster, um, and probably you know, has a little bit more size. Um, so, I mean, everyone's a little bit different. But you know this is a tough matchup. But but we like um, like I appreciate the way they play. Put it that way. I have a lot of respect for the way they play. Yeah, sure, makes total sense. Uh, and and listen, you mentioned the start of the season. You lost five in a row. Lost six of your first seven. And teams like Amherst, Quinnipiac, and non in non D three Mitchell, Keene State. And you played some really good teams. Uh, Emmanuel, Dean, Norwich, and then. And then Kane and Kane at the time was absolutely clicking on all yeah, cylinders. Like up. Yeah, yeah, they were off to a, a, a torrid start. What do you? What did you all learn from that start? What did you all learn from the really stubbing your toe, as it were? And are you still utilizing that now? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I play. I've always, you know, anyone that knows our program, I play a lot of guys, um, yep. and I give everyone a chance and. We're really, you know, we had a lot of different lineups at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, it's, you know, we lost our first game. They're all close games uh, other than other than Kane. Um, and you mix in that Division One game, you know, and, and, and that's, always, that's always hard to mix in. It's like the timing of it. Sometimes you want to open with it. Sometimes you don't have a choice when you get it. At that point, when I scheduled Quinnipiac, I just needed a 25th game. Um, and you know, you know what I mean. So it wasn't like I was looking for a Division One game. I'm like, I gotta get to 25. Who wants to and, play? And, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was September at that point. You know, anyway, we, we struggle every year to five games. So that, I just wanted to get the game. Now, you know, we started at 0 and 5. Anyone knows the program, you know, is probably looking at what's going on. But there, you know, the the entire time I knew that we were still headed in the right direction. Just lost a couple games. I mean, you know, we're loose. We're used to losing five games the entire year. So it was kind of kind of a new thing for me, but um, when we returned from the break, um, we opened up with Nichols, who, who's you know a good friend of mine. Brock Erickson is the coach, and it's a great team. Another team that plays like us, and uh, you know we were confident in the way we were playing that we were ready to kind of like turn the corner. Um, so the the good thing about that is you, you learn you know winning and losing it, there's a lot of adversity involved and you know it's an emotional roller coaster coaching and playing so you just kind of we go by the model never too high never too low and that and that that serves fact for games it could be during timeouts you're going to go on a run they're going to go on a run you, you know you just you just always got to keep your cool so um even though we were 0 and 5 and we were 2 and 6 i can say and tell you that i was never worried I was never worried. I don't know, and Coach. I, I've known you a long time. You were never worried? Not not, a, I'm not even worried. slightly? No, man, I'm coaching every play. I'm nuts. But I was never <laughs> I was never worried um, the long-term effect. And we, we talked about it every single day. Uh, maybe the came at the right time, you know? Yep. No, I have been right next to you during games. It is fascinating to watch, uh, as I have been fascinated by all coaches. 
Uh, hey, talk to me about a little bit about the the individuals on this. Terry Dawkins, a graduate student, four year forward, leading the team at seventeen and a half points a game. Uh, he pulls in over eight rebounds as well. Uh, you've got a- Antonio uh, Bonilla, the junior, who's averaging eleven and a half points a game. Justice Washington, the senior, eleven points a game himself. Washington actually a double double at ten and a half rebounds himself. Uh, your main assist guys are Daniels and Crawford, who get more than two, along with Slade. You certainly pass it. You certainly have your scores. You got your guys grabbing their boards. Uh, you got the guys getting steals, and the numbers are all. You know, there isn't one guy who does it all. One guy does points. One guy does rebounds. One guy does this. One guy does that. But that's what the stats tell us. Tell us a little bit about the nuances of this team. Yeah, I mean Terry Dawkins. You know, is a five-year player with the COVID year, graduate student. Uh, Comes from a great program, high school program, Cardinal Hayes. Uh, Terry's like an old school player. All right, I have a lot of guys that play way above the rim, and he's probably he may even be watching us right now. Terry can't dunk. He's probably going to be trying to come through my door right now. But um, coach, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know you might want to call him, but, but let me tell you something. He can score on on six, seven, six, eight guys inside, and he's kind of got that lost start mid range game. Um, he could bury that 15, 16 footer all day. It, it's it's really efficient. And he's got the fadeaway. He's got the up and unders. He really knows how to use his body. Uh, he's a tremendous passer. Uh, he's got great size. He's also done a great job with his body. He's lost about 20 points. He was never overweight, but he's kind of put himself in a position where he's he's more mobile, you know, and, and just kind of improved his game. But, uh, you know, Terry's our go-to guy and um, a guy that can, you know, you get him, you get him the ball, he's going to get off a high percentage shot. Um, he's reliable. We always say in our program, be reliable, whether that means be on time, be someone we can rely on. He's, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he, I can always rely on him. Um, Justice Washington is a beast. I mean, he, he averages a double-double. He leads our conference in blocks. He leads our conference in, in rebound. He leads our conference in field goal percentage, console layups. And, you know, that sounds easy, but he does a great job of stealing people and, and you know, getting it to the rim. Um, and, and he's a load. Like, he can move you around. Uh, he, and I, this is a kid that pro- like he'll probably play in the in the NFL if, if he um, if he was uh, a football player since mm. uh, day one because he's six seven, about uh, two sixty five two seventy, and he can move and he can jump. So uh, Justice does a tremendous job, and he's a great shot blocker. He's not he's not relying on his athletic ability. He knows how to side swipe and, and, and keep it away, not fall. He's great at walling up. Um, he's another guy that's just, you know, sometimes you, you're like, wow, he's getting, he gets every rebound with two hands, by the way, which is another thing that a lot of kids don't do. Everything's grabs with two. And um, sometimes you'd be like, wow, man, what, I wonder what he had. I'll get to the locker room and I'll be like mad that I don't think we're rebounding and we'll be out rebounding the other team by like 13. He's got 10. <laughs> and I, that, that goes right out the window where I can say something. But well, the, um, the team's not rebounding. He is. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a good, you know, that's a great one. You're right. Um, and rebounding is big for us because we rebound and run, and we're one of the, you know, by the stats, one of the top rebounding teams in the country, and we got a good gap of about 12 to 13 on people. Um, but everything goes by how fast we play. In our, I have two freshman point guard, one true freshman and one first year that sat out because of COVID, um, and they're, they're great together. You know, they're like a two-headed monster. One guy could play 30 minutes, the other guy could play 10. It could go 20-20. It could go vice versa. It's like whoever is is clicking or playing, you know, well at that time in their jets and they both can score and they both got that pull up and they both give it up. And uh, they have been great. 
Um, you know, anytime you got two freshman point guards that are, you know, that can lead you to the NCAA tournament, I think you're in pretty good shape. Um, you know, like I said, they fit the style perfectly. Um, Antonio Bonilla is a great shooter. Um, he's had a couple, he's had a game where he had 10 threes in a game. Uh, he's had a couple at six or seven and he, he's just efficient. He's on the gun nonstop. We got the gun this year, by the way, it was, you know, been here 15 years. We got that gun. That was huge. The school has done a great job supporting our program. Uh, our president, Dr. Camille, um, you know, all our, uh, all our administrators, our, our new athletic director, um, Mike Kovalansky and, and, and all, all the other D's, you know, that preceded him. Um, you know, that's helped. He's always on it. Sometimes you get that gun and it collects dust. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's always on the gun. He's always shooting. Um, and, you know, because of that, he's got the repetition. He's got the form and he, and he makes shots. So all he has to do is sprint to the corner and catch and shoot. Sometimes it's that easy. Um, so, you know, we get, and there's a lot of other guys, you know, Jaquan Gertrude and Robbie Simmons, two seniors that, you know, it's not easy to, you know, have go from starting, not starting, limited minutes. A lot of minutes, they're always ready. We've always said the toughest thing to do in sports is not play for two or three games or at all, but come to practice every day and work hard. And then when your number's called to get in there and produce, to me, that's true mental toughness in a time and age where we've created something called a transfer portal, as we all know, because if you're not playing, what do you do? You, You complain to someone and they say, go in the transfer portal. Like, we don't do that here. We, you know, you just you keep you keep trying. You keep trying. You're gonna get your yeah. chance. And then when you do, if you're working hard every single day, you know, I coach everyone, and and they'll, you know, I'll, I'll never ignore a guy. Um, so they're always ready, and we try to always, you know, you gotta preach that. You're gonna get here not because of five guys, six or seven or eight. You're gonna get here because of your entire roster. Um, so they've done a good job, and the advantage that we have is because we've had the success consistently, there's always going to be at least one, two, three, maybe four or five guys that have been in the tournament. Um, and, you know, if we didn't make it this year, we would have had the first drought in a while since yeah. before I got here. So Terry was the lone guy that had made it um, when we played Newport, Christopher Newport four years ago. Yeah. Um, now that tradition continues, and it, it, it helps a lot just to, you know, play in the championships and make the NCAA tournament – they, you know, they understand. Now, my freshmen, you know, when the new guys come in next year, they'll know what it's all about, you know? Yep. So that's what we're trying to do. Hey, the travel geek in me is curious. I, I went and looked at the route to see what, how you would get to Oswego. There's there's two main routes. There's a third one, but it's a little dicey. But the first one's you actually backtrack a bit. You actually head up through Hartford to Springfield and across the Mass Pike and New York um, throughway. Or the other one's through Danbury, over 84, through the through the Newburgh and then up through New York that way to Binghamton, and then up I eighty one from there. I'm dying to know which which route did you guys do yeah, if know. you are we even aware. I'll be honest. I get, we we practiced. We got on the bus, and, and you fell asleep. Watching, I, no, I started watching film. So um, <laughs> yeah, I know we went north. We went, we went north up to, uh, up Hartford and cut across. Yeah, but, it's an uh, interesting route. Yeah, it was easy. I'll be honest. It was an easy ride. Oh, it's of course. Always, yeah, it's always easy going north, whether it's like to Middlebury, like, oh, it's far. It's four hours straight, no matter what. It's easy. True. It took us about four and a half, four forty five. Oh, it's not uh, bad. Not bad at all. With no no traffic, nothing. I'll sign for that. I mean, we've gone down for we've taken trips. We've hit the four hundred and ninety eight <laughs> mileage about th- three times. Listen, I get it. And uh it's, but I think it's more about where we are. I mean, we're the southernmost us in Western. Yeah, Canada, you're in a work. Yeah, 
you're in a spot they can move you a lot of places exactly and but honestly that's the best thing about division three tournament we're just like the division one tournament you know division two you you got you're coming out of that you know the eight pod region no matter what where's the excitement in that i agree you you know you know where you're going there's going to be a consistent host we could have a true selection show and you know people ask you where do you think you're going i don't know like you know Let's just watch the show and figure it out. Like, you know, exactly. I have no idea where they're sending us. The only time you probably have a little bit of a clue is if you have a chance to host, obviously. True. Uh, other than that, I think it adds to our level how similar it is to Division One. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm very glad we moved off from the regional idea uh, in from yeah. the heyday of Division Three. Hey, I uh, talk, could talk to you forever, but I know you got better things to do. Uh, I appreciate the time you gave us. Congratulations on making the tournament on the big win, obviously, over St. Joe's. And you got a big weekend ahead of you, and I look forward to watching and seeing how it all plays out. As always, we give the coach the final word, though. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? I just want to, Dave, just th- thanks for having having me on. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, nothing real. We're just gonna we're gonna go out there. We're gonna play hard, and we're just happy to be here and, and make a run. Um, you know, appreciate everything that your show does and you guys do for Division Three Hoops. I don't think a lot of people realize that it kind of makes it go. Um, you've you guys have provided that platform for us to, to you know get our word out there, and and I think it's huge for our sport and huge for our level because you know again it doesn't ex- it doesn't exist at Division Two. I'm not knocking Division Two, but you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, yeah. and I appreciate it. And I, I always say it's guests like yourself coming on the show that makes our show go as well. So thanks for the time, especially when you're busy preparing for the Blue Streaks. Uh, enjoy it nonetheless, and I'll look forward to catching you up down the road. All right. Thanks a lot, Dave. Take care. Mitch Oliver joining us. Apparently, I didn't turn my mic on. We'll try that all again. Sorry about that. What I was trying to say was Albertus Magnus, team we should be watching, really good team, should be playing well this season. Uh, maybe we should have been keeping an eye on them, but granted, a 2-6 and six start probably got us all off the target. Uh, maybe the Blue Streak should be watching out for them as well. We'll look forward to seeing how they all play out there. When we come back, we head up to Boston, or just outside Boston, to talk to Babson, which is not how you say Boston. It's Babson. I digress. Judy Blindstrup will join us. Also, her senior guard, Megan Bauman, will talk to us about the uh, squad, the fact they're hosting, who their opponent is, the season, and all that fun stuff. You listen to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. So much more ahead. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it.
Responsibility is being accountable for your words and actions, first and foremost. It also is an obligation to be a positive influence in the communities around you. Being in a D3 program, you're going to have lots of different opportunities. You're not just an athlete. You're also involved in student life. Your academics are extremely important. We give a lot of our student athletes responsibilities right from the start by giving them leadership opportunities, by having them engage in the community, be a positive influence. That's being a responsible person. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. And welcome back to Hoopsville on this wonderful Thursday evening. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. All that information on the bottom of your screen. You can also join us on Facebook and YouTube where we're live simulcasting the show. You can interact with us there, even ask questions uh, there. I just remembered I didn't have the Facebook chat up, which sometimes uh, the messenger, sometimes people use. Uh, some people even direct messaged us tonight, and I'll double-check real quick, make sure we haven't lost an email somewhere, because uh, I've missed some emails in the past, but no, so far quiet. Um, pivoting back to women's basketball, if you head up, uh, there's a lot of teams hosting in the Boston area this weekend. You've got the Tufts Jumbos, you've got the Smith Pioneers, and you've got the Baps and Beavers all on the women's side hosting games. Haven't even talked about anything else but the women's side on that topic. A lot of good basketball, in other words. If you're in the Boston area, you should be showing up to some games on Friday and Saturday night because it'll be well worth it. For Babson, they're having a tremendous season this campaign. And it's not only because Julie Blinstrup, Judy Blinstrup is once again a tremendous basketball coach. She's got a pretty darn good team. They are 23-5 and this season, 8-2, and number 13 in the latest top 25. Maybe a little bit overshadowed by just how great the Pioneers of Smith are this season. Earlier today, we got a chance to talk to Judy and Megan about the team and how they think the season's going, and more importantly, what it's like to be home this weekend. Now joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach of Babson and her all-everything player, let's call it. It's Judy Blindstrom and Megan Bauman. First off, thanks for taking the time. I know it's a busy week. You got a big game or something coming up on Friday. So uh, I appreciate you finding some time. It helps to be at home, though, doesn't it, Coach? Oh, yes. We're so excited to have a host site. Um, it's been a while, uh, 30 years. So, yeah, we're excited about it. Yeah, just a little bit. Megan, from your perspective, um, what's it like to not only be in the NCAA tournaments, but get enough of a, of a bid, as it were, to be at home? Yeah, it's awesome. Last year we were on the road at Scranton. Uh, first time in a while in a few years that we had made the NCAA tournament. First time I had been there. Um, so we were kind of happy to be there. And 
this year coach put a tough schedule for us together and um, we were able to come out with some big wins, um, play some good teams. And uh, that kind of got us to being able to host with our strength of schedule. No, absolutely. 23 and five coach. Games like Williams, obviously, in non-conference play. Loris down in Florida. Um, Middlebury is out of the NESCAC. Obviously tough. Uh, Springfield, who's usually a little tougher, but still, and you know them well because they're in the NES, or in your conference, but you made sure to get an extra one in with them. And obviously you played Smith, which helped a ton. Was the mentality to make it as tough as possible and 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 try and position yourself for what you're experiencing now? Yes, I think, um, you know, we played a pretty tough schedule last year, but uh, I think this year we put on a couple more teams that, you know, we thought we needed to push us uh, a little further along um, and getting ready for our new Mac, knowing that we had some solid teams in the new Mac this year with Smith and Springfield and WPI with her grad students back. So, yeah, I think our non-conference schedule was really helpful for us. And then to play Loris down in Florida, I don't think we were in Hanover. We weren't expecting those two tougher games, but it ended up being a, a good trip for us. Well, you also should point out we, you played Tufts um, and some others to, to mix in there. So a, a really good, tough schedule, good conference spread, you know, NESCAC and UAA and ARC and HCAC, you get to tap in peripherally to some others. So it obviously paid off five losses on the season. One was Dolores. And really, you were clicking along until, uh, you know, late January, beginning of February, ended up going three or four and three in seven games. Trinity, Connecticut, Springfield, and Smith got you. Any concerns at that point? Or was that just kind of the grind for the season? Um, yeah, I think it was a grind coming back to classes. Um, we lost one of our, our, our regular starters, a kid coming off that started last year for us and then was a really good defender. And so we had to make a few adjustments. But I think a lot of it's just the grind of playing so many tough teams and then all of a sudden also coming back to the academic side and adjusting. Um, you know, we only have two seniors really on the team, so – it's not a, you know, it's never easy uh, going through, as you know, as many months as we play this sport. So, yeah, Megan, from your perspective, that that time period, as coach said, coming back to classes, coming back from that January term where things are maybe a little bit more focused only on hoops. And now you got to focus back on the class schedule. That's the only time in the season you have to deal with that, because beginning of the season, it's more about adding the hoops to the academics. How How, how does that transition usually go? Yeah, I think it's definitely tough, especially coming off of winter break when we're just here and we just get to play basketball <laughs> and have fun with each other. Um, and then you add like the academic piece back into it and kind of get into a schedule again, which it's good to have that structure of the schedule, but it can take a few weeks to kind of get mentally ready to be able to perform in class and then come to practice or a game at seven o'clock at night um, and be able to perform in both. Uh, this season, one of your uh, challenges has been Smith. They've been a pretty darn good team, Coach. Uh, obviously, considered probably the top team in the bracket this season. They've got one loss on the year. Fr uh, Framingham State kind of tripped them up. You had some good battles with them. Uh, unfortunately, they seem to have your number. What was the challenge with Smith, and, and how do you keep that from you know, impacting the rest of the season, knowing they're just that good a team? You know, I think – we, we go game by game. So once we got past Smith, you know, we take what we can and learn from it. And um, now we got to just, you know, go into the NCAA tournament thinking about, you know, things that a team like Smith that's going to 
hopefully do well in the NCAA. We just got to be able to match those things. Um, you know, they're, they're a solid team from uh, the first starting five lineup. And then the couple of kids coming off the bench, um, you can shut a couple down, then you have to shut the rest down. And we have to be that same way. You know, we have to make sure that everybody's contributing. And I think that's what's through this tough season that we've had. I think that's, what's made us pretty solid that everybody's contributing at different times. What's it say about the conference that Smith yourselves are at the top and the rest of the conference certainly isn't easy. They're going to give you a good game of it too. Yeah. I think our conference has come a long way. You know, there's been years that it's just been like uh, two or three teams, but I think we're getting deeper as um, the years have gone by. Uh, (laughs) But it's nice to see how we've been finally really recognized how good a conference we are. And I think the split of the regions has helped that a lot. Um, That made a huge difference. No, fair Um, point. So I think that's helped the new Mac. Yeah, get out from under the NESCAC to some degree. Yeah, exactly. Well, the NESCAC certainly vulnerable this year. You all took advantage of that. Megan, uh, awards are now coming through. Your first team uh, all-conference selection, along with your teammate uh, Kelly Walsh on the second team, Samantha Smith got Defensive Player of the Year. From your perspective, what does that say about your team? I think it just shows the depth of talent we have and we have a, a lot of other players that have also contributed all season. It doesn't always show up in the stat sheet, so it's not always things that are recognized. But um, I think that everyone on our team has played a role this whole season. Um, and Kelly, myself, and Sam were recognized. But all the other girls show up every day to practice and work really hard and help push us. And I think that um, that also has to be recognized. You've started every single game in your career. That says a lot uh, from your coach, who I want to hear from in a minute about it. But averaging 13-plus points a game, you always get your fair share of rebounds. You hand out a ton of assists on top of all that and shoot pretty well. That makes you a pretty big target. How do you how do you handle every game knowing the defenses are keying on you? And not only do you have to figure that out, but your teammates have to figure that out. Yeah, so I I'm a big preparer, so I watch a lot of film. Uh, see what other teams are doing against other good players. But also, um, I'm a really pass-first point guard and always looking to get my teammates involved. So if a team's going to try to scheme against me, that just means that my teammates are going to be open. And I have the confidence in them that they're going to knock down shots or find the open spot and finish. Um, we, Like I said, we have a lot of players that can step up in those roles. So, um yeah, just finding my players when when they're open. Coach, it says a lot to not uh, start a senior every game, sure, but to start a player every single game of their career from the jump, that says even more. What, what's Megan brought to the table that was so important? Megan's like a, a coach on the floor. She Her IQ for the game is amazing, um, and she makes everybody on the floor better. Uh, so fortunately for me, I'm glad she came to Babson. <laughs> she, um, she just makes – Every player play at another level, um, whether it's on the offensive end, making sure they're in the right spots, or whether it's just digging in on defense and 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 getting those rebounds. I mean, she she's really gone gave every minute that she could possibly give for us, and we wouldn't be where we are right now without her on this program. She's really uh, made us at another level, and um, I'm lucky to coach her. Uh, a multiple all. Uh, everything awardee. Uh, you've been second team in the conference, rookie of the year in the conference. 
uh, first teamer in the conference. You've been an All America mention. You've been an All Region mention. You've certainly gotten your your awards, Megan. What does it mean to you to have this story to history, especially with Babs and basketball? Yeah, it means a lot. And there's so many people along the road that have like helped me to get where I've gotten. Coach has been huge just in my development, both on the court and off the court, um, pushing me all the time and trying to make me better um, all the time. And then I've worked with a bunch of different coaches along the years. And I mean, I just love the game and want to practice and want to play all the time and watch film and be around my teammates. Um, but also like my parents have always pushed me too. Um, not too much, but to what I've wanted to pursue and my, what my goals are. I set goals for myself every year. Um, and so, yeah. Let's pivot to the weekend again at home. Uh, I'm sure the place will be, will be buzzing a little bit. You guys get some good games too. Um, obviously your own plus the other side of the pod. Uh, how much coach can you enjoy this and how much do you have to take it as work? And I don't mean work in a bad way. I just mean focusing on the task at hand. Um, no, I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> I think it's, I think the hard part is done getting here. Um, I, you know, I rely on my players a lot that we're well prepared every game. And like I said about Megan, um, you know, she's a true leader on the court and, um, you know, she, she definitely makes my job easier when we're playing. So I, you know, I feel like they're prepared. I think, um, you know, a lot of times I'll sit back and enjoy the way and have this. Hopefully they will cherish this moment because it's so hard to get here. Megan, what your perspective on this weekend? Yeah, I think we're happy to be here, but also not satisfied at the same time. Uh, I think last year, uh, none of us had been to the tournament before. We're a really young team and uh, we were just we were happy to be there and we won a game. But I think this year uh, we have a little bit of a different mentality and we really want to see what we can do. And it'll be a good game in the first one, Gettysburg and SUNY New Paltz. You'll take on Maine Maritime, which is an interesting team, Coach, because that's a team that lost in overtime to Smith, also lost, lost to Framingdale State, who lost, who beat Smith, has some other interesting results in there, have been playing really well, but also a bit of an unknown. I know you've probably poured through enough tape, but what are you expecting <laughs> out of uh, Maine Maritime this this game? Well, they take a lot of threes, so we have to do a really good job in closing out their transition threes. Um, and I think um, our pressure defense is going to be a big piece of this game. Um, and then I think we have um, an opportunity to um, actually get inside a lot on them. Um, our post players and our pick and rolls, I think, will be effective against their type of defense. So, But they're a good team. You know, we're, we're definitely going to have to come to play um, because of they wouldn't be here if they weren't. Megan, she talks about the the three point shooting. Uh, you guys hold teams to about twenty seven and a half percent from beyond the arc, which is a pretty solid number. While shooting thirty five percent yourself, how much pressure is it to play that kind of extended defense to keep those opportunities at a minimum? Sure, I think there's pressure, but at the same time, we know that we have the rest of our defense there to back us up and help defense, and we really rely on having each other's back, um, so we can pressure out and close out hard on on people and if they drive we know that we're going to rotate and our teammates going to have our back and be right there for help what's the campus been like friends others coming up knowing that not only you in the tournament but they're going to be able to watch games at home yeah i think it's um it's a exciting time for us with the men playing us playing our hockey teams in the uh, the finals of their 
tournament. So it's an exciting time on campus. I think a lot of our alums are excited to that we're, we're home um, and be able to watch us. Megan, this has got to be a pretty good cherry on top, no matter what happens, that you get to be at home for the NCAA tournament here in your career. Yeah, it's awesome uh, that we put together the schedule that we were able to do it. Um, and like to finish it off my senior year, um, playing at home, hopefully we'll extend beyond that, but um, being able to at least get a game or two at home. I was going to ask, I, I know it's a game by game mentality. Coach, you already said that obviously. Um, but at the same time, I'm assuming this isn't what the goal is. The goal wasn't just to make the tournament. The goal wasn't just to be at home. You got to get through a tough weekend, but I'm guessing, Coach, there, there's a bigger goal down the road. Yes, of course there is. Um, you know, I, I think we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but it would be really a great, a great situation if we could get past this weekend and, and go to the Sweet 16. Um, you know, I think last year, like Megan said, we were young and to, had a great experience down in Scranton, and it would be really nice to get through this weekend, coming out and being able to get to the Sweet 16 and and uh, continue on for a while down that road. Interesting enough, SUNY New Paltz is the team you guys beat in the first round last yeah. year. They're at your place now. Uh, Scranton, at least, is in another location. But interesting enough, you might have to run into them should you continue. So there's a lot of interesting tie-ins uh, to last season. Uh, when you look at how this whole thing has evolved, is has Megan and her class allowed Babson to take that next evolutionary step and stay in the conversation like a lot of the NESCACs? Are you able now on the recruiting trail to bring in the talent to keep that going? Or is it always a wait-and-see thing? I think it's a wait-and-see thing. Um, I don't know if you remember the years that my team was going to the Elite Eight for a couple of years in a row, and we hit up with Amherst when they were at their best. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, and then to rebound from that, I felt like we did. Um, so it, you never know. I think um, we we probably have an opportunity to get more uh, really solid recruits in here than we used to. I mean, our, our percentage of women back in the day was like 25%, and now we're up, what, 50% at Babson. That helps yes. a lot. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, I think our name is out there. I think the school's name is bigger than it's ever been. And business is such a huge piece of, of selling, uh, to people. Now everybody wants to be in the business world. So that helps my cause a lot. <laughs> That's true. Megan, to that degree, talking about selling and sense, what was it about Babson? What was it about coach, uh, Blinstrup's program that, that attracted you to go there? Oh, it wasn't me. Believe me, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so academics have always been a huge part of my family has always harped on academics and I've always been big on academics, making sure that, and so I wanted to make sure that I went to a top basketball program, but also had the academic piece that would set me up for my future. And that's exactly what Babson has done. Um, I've been pushed in the classroom, put outside my comfort zone numerous times. Um, and that's helped me become a better player and leader on the court too. Um, so being pushed in the classroom every day, but then also being able to come play every day, play in practice with my best friends. Um, and also knowing that the network here at Babson, um, getting jobs in the future is extraordinary and it will help set me up for the rest of my life. Yeah. 
Fair point. As uh, most important, as they say in Division Three, is it's the career after all of this uh, that's the most important. So, congratulations! It's awesome to see uh, the the Beavers at home for for starters. That's just awesome to see that we're going to get games uh, back at Webster Center. Love watching games from afar. There, uh, love to see you guys are doing well, and I think you got some really good games on tap this weekend as always we give the guests the final word any final thoughts you all would like to share i'll leave it to you on who wants to go first but one of you is going to have to follow the other good you can go first <laughs> you always you always want the last word but i'm not going to give it to you <laughs> brilliant no we're just we're excited to play this weekend and i think we're ready to go um thanks for having us on absolutely we're someone to be recognized, and I'm really proud of this team. And uh, what they've accomplished so far is just amazing, and um, I hope it continues. Well, it's been fun to watch so far, even if it's from my studios. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. It should be a great weekend, as I mentioned, and maybe we'll still be talking about the Beavers next weekend and beyond. I appreciate the time. Thank you, Dave. We Thank appreciate you. you. Absolutely. Julie Blindstrom and Megan Bauman joining us on The Huddle. And I cut it off in the edit of the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Thank you to Judy and Megan once again for being on the show. Great chat with those two. Uh, great little fun there at the end, too. Uh, always Megan always wants the last word, and Coach wouldn't let her have it. <laughs> just awesome. Um, great on them. Congratulations. Uh, just looking at their pod, uh, they've got Maine Maritime with Gettysburg and SUNY New Paltz on the other side. Uh, that could be a great game if it ends, no matter who ends up where. I think that's going to be some good games there at Babson. On the other side of that pod is Marietta and Eastern Connecticut, LaRoche and Ithaca. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll go through these a little bit. Give your thoughts on those. Answer any last-second questions you all might send in. Talk about the fundraiser, too, that inched up a little bit more but needs to keep inching up, folks. We'd like to get to our goal by the end of the weekend, if at all possible. Uh, we'll also talk about... Where to make sure you see all the excitement this weekend. You're watching the Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com. Thanks to our partners at Sport Tours International, especially, by the way. Forgot to mention them the other day. They have been tremendous at helping us. Um, but more importantly, they're a great partner of ours through um, the D3Hoops.com Classic in Las Vegas. Hope you'll consider joining um or not joining them, but if you want to increase your resume or you want to come out to an absolutely awesome event, uh, contact me. We'll get you in touch with Sport Tours International because they've got an absolutely tremendous event with us out in Vegas. You can certainly do a lot while out there, but more importantly, you'll get some good basketball games in. So that's Sport Tours International. Thanks to our friends at Brett Seymour and the rest of the crew there. Um, just love working with them and uh, want to thank them for their support. And, of course, the NABC. want to thank them. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as a voice of coaches for national issues while advancing the core values of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC or to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media. They're NABC1927 on social media. That's NABC1927.
We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. And once again, thank you to our support from the Women's Basketball Coaches Association as well. Danielle Donahue, the head of the organization, but also the D3 coaches who are involved with all of that, whether it is uh, Brian Morehouse at Hope, uh, Polly Thomason in her way, even though she's technically out of D3 right now, she'll be back in it in, in due order, or others. We certainly appreciate all the support that they give us. Uh, on this show as well, uh, along with the NABC. Um, and a thank you to all you donors who've given us support over the uh, season. We are at 77% of the way to our goal. I'd love to be on Monday's show telling us we've wrapped up that goal. Right now, I'm a little leery we will get there. But if you go to the Give Butter, by the way, and it says the campaign's over, ignore that. You can still you can still um, donate through that. There was just kind of a, an arbitrary date that we put in there, and I'll probably edit it and change it. You can also uh, donate via Venmo. Look us up, Dave McHugh, at Dave McHugh, or Venmo.com slash Dave McHugh. If you'd like to donate via a check or a more direct way, you can, like a bank transfer, um, via Zelle, et cetera, uh, please contact me. I'll give you the pertinent information for that. By the way, a number of coaches have asked how you can get a jersey in this studio or maybe some other paraphernalia that you have that you think might be look look good on a walls um you can email us and i will get you the information to send to us just realize that we got three basketballs up there not that the third one absolutely needs to be seen um it's actually from the final four when maryland got there in uh 
I think that was our championship year in 2002. Um, but the other two, uh, if you can see them, the one in the middle or the one on the far side over there, right, if you're watching the pencil, that's from the last Wendy's Classic in uh, Rochester. And that is from the D3, or the Hoopsville Classic, I should say. Uh, that was fun. Uh, a little, little paraphernalia that we've got. We've got some basketball signs by Final Four teams uh, in Salem here. we got a football, the same. Uh, a bunch of bobbleheads, including some D3 ones. We've got some D3 bottles that are relevant. Right? Those are kind of important. Uh, some good stuff there, uh, in case you're wondering. Uh, got All have a history, all have a reason, and we love it. But if you have a, a jersey you'd like to send us, we use Jersey uh, Genius to hang our jerseys for the most part, and we'd love to hang some more in our backdrop. And in the offseason, might just change the cameras around a little bit to show off even more, maybe less of my mug, for that matter. Maybe on interviews we'll get the close-up, but for the studio show we can get a little bit wider shot. We'll work on that in the off-season. Um, thanks to all of you watching, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook. Of course, you can ask us questions there if you want. You can email us, hoopsil, at d3sports.com on your email address. You can also tweet us at d3hoopsil or hashtag hoopsil. Send us a direct message and such. Some of you, many of you, would love to know what my previews are for the tournament in terms of who I think is going to win what games. Here's the here's where I get a little leery on this, and I, for a number of years, have not done that. I call the Final Four championships uh, for men's basketball, among a number of other sports, men's and women's soccer and women's lacrosse, and maybe some more in the future. Um, and so I don't want anybody thinking I've got a rooting interest in this. So I usually kind of keep it to myself. I know some people are putting their brackets out on social media if you're curious. But listen, as I go through this and I just do it on my own, I am picking some some games how I think they'll progress. There are some, it keeps reminding me how good this these tournaments are going to be. There are some great games in the first round. There are going to be some bonkers games in the second, which are going to lead from third. And then if you throw in whatever you consider an upset, they're going to make it even more crazy. Um, I am halfway through, and I'm glad I'm doing it in pencil. It's going to be a lot of fun. Here's how you can watch games. If you didn't know this already, there's a website called d3hoops.com. By the way, you saw that ad that we're now running. If you would like to run that ad during your broadcast this weekend, hint, hint, give us some love. Contact me. I will get you that file. In the offseason, we're going to work towards this. Pat doesn't know this, but this is something I'm working on. In the offseason... We're going to work it that you can get one of those ads um, created just for your school. In other words, there's that Hope to Calvin line. We'll make sure it says your school. There'll be a cost associated with it, but that will help us at D3 Sports with our uh, ongoing efforts. But my point being is, if you want that ad for the tournaments this weekend, call us. I will get it to you. I'd be happy to have that for you. Uh, We'll talk about whether the NCAA wants it run or not. We'll get it to you. Um, so go to d3hoops.com. We will have links to all the games, men's and women's. Reminder, the, the men's games, I think the earliest starts at, what, 3 o'clock? Uh, I know I've got one of the early ones on the men's side uh, at Johns Hopkins. Uh, we've got a 3.30 game between Hamilton and Montclair, followed by a 6 o'clock game between Johns Hopkins and Mitchell. I see a 3.15 start. Uh, I don't think there's... Oh, there's a 3 o'clock. Tufts versus Widener is at 3, followed by 5.30 at that pod. Keene State versus Brook, that's at Keene State. So you do have a a few uh, early games, but they go right through every 15 minutes. Um, (laughs) Matthew, thank you very much. He doesn't like the numbers sitting on our tote board, so I will update it for him 
He needed to round it off. I don't blame you. I was kind of bugging me myself a little bit, sir. But I will uh, fix that for you as we are now at... There we go. Another donation made. Thank you so very much. We rounded off the number. Thank you, Matthew. Um, appreciate it. Um, so, again, every 15 minutes on the men's side, the latest game starting, what, 8 o'clock or so, I could just go to d3hoops.com and find the entire schedule. will be there for you. The women's schedules as well. So the men start at 3, go every 15 minutes, nonstop until an 8.55 start between Co and Wash U. Um, I say every 15 minutes, but there's there's a few games that start every 10, so there's some quirks in that. Oh, it's because it's East Coast and, and, and Central Time Zone. I think that's that's part of it. The women start at 4 o'clock. Now, they're going to have a couple simultaneous starts. So they have 2 at 4, 2 at 4.30, 2 at 5, 2 at 5.30, 2 at 5.45, 2 at 6, all times Eastern, by the way, 2 at 6.15, 2 at 6.30, 2, uh, sorry, 4 at 6.30, uh, 2 at 7, 2 at 7.30, uh, 2 at 8, 2 at 8.15, 2 at 8, 3 at 8.30, one at 8.45, two at 9. So their staggered starts this year as well. Uh, again, those times are all east. The last games to start will be Texas-Dallas against Trinity and Northwestern against Chicago, with the first games being Johns Hopkins at Skidmore and St. Vincent at Cortland. It's going to be a great day. So you can sit down, whether you've got multiple computers, multiple screens, whatever it is, Walt, multiple games. Um, I have thought about doing whip around yet again, but I'm getting to be at Johns Hopkins for games. I can't be more excited about that. So um, that's what I will be for the weekend for those events. Um, And then come back here on Monday, 7 o'clock Eastern. We will recap the weekend, talk to coaches who broke through, uh, and start pivoting and looking ahead at the second weekend of tournament games. So that's what you got. You've got Friday starting at 3 o'clock on the men's side, 4 o'clock on the women's side, Eastern time. Games going all the way through the rest of the night. Then Saturday, actually that's a good question. We should double-check saturday's schedule to say the least because you know that's important because we will have games there um we don't have them directly on there i should check those times uh on the men's side 5 30 is the first game i think the late game starts at like 805 eastern time uh, i believe that's right yep and then the women i don't have the times for the second day i apologize but same idea they'll be staggered there as well on the women's side so you know, starting in your evening, and you get to get to see a lot of great Division Three basketball. Again, go to d3hoops.com. We got our NCAA tournament pages set up. Um, we will update the second day as soon as games start getting completed, and we get game times. That will all be updated for you. We will have links to live video. We have links to live stats. We will keep games updated if we don't get them automated. We will have recaps when we ha- can have them, box scores when we can, et cetera, which reminds SIDs, get your box scores in for all region. If you haven't done so already, it may be too late, but just a heads up, you should be doing that anyway. And then come back here on Monday, 7 o'clock Eastern. We will talk about what happened on the weekend talk to some coaches who got through maybe even get some reactions from some of our friends couple of news and notes again finlandia has closed its doors and spring sports have shut down as of tomorrow Uh, i got word i don't know if this is official but one of the things being discussed out there is the fact that coaches may only be getting one more paycheck seems and finlandia went very much to the very end before they had to shut their doors now it sounds like they'll complete the semester but there sound like the the well has dried up in Finlandia. It will not be a school next year. I'm not blown away, surprised by that. I am surprised by how last second it is, but I digress. Um, 
coaching changes. We've got plenty already on the move, and and obviously the big news one here this weekend was uh, or this week uh, was. Um, Bob Semling being let go by Stevens Point. Again, if you missed my comments at the beginning, I'll say it bluntly. I think very much they decided to let Semling be the coach through the sanctions. If he succeeded, he probably would have stayed on board, but he did not have any success during the last few years under those sanctions, and they've let him go. Time for a new coach. Time for uh, a new start with the sanctions being over, and we'll see where the pointers go moving forward and what is a very competitive WIAC, as we all know, and Stevens Point just wasn't as competitive as they had been. Um, Nate Davis, by the way, friend of the show, I just want to bring it up again. Let go at Bucknell, which is, I feel bad for him um, and unfortunate. thought I mentioned I was going to mention something here late in the show, but unfortunately I've forgotten what it was, and that's just how it goes because despite having lots of abilities to write notes around me, I totally forgot to write that note down. Uh, Double-checking quickly to see if anybody sent in any last-minute um, messages on all the medians and ways that you can and i'm thinking about even adding one for next season by the way heads up you'll find out more about it you know next season um want to thank all of our guests who appeared on the show um it was always fun to get people on the show and it takes time and it takes sometimes effort especially this week to make it work around schedules and dinners and all of that especially when on the road but marwan el rockabawi Thank you very much for coming on from Shriner, from Scott Bittner from Stockton, Matt Dempsey from Merchant Marine, Mitch Oliver from Albertus Magnus and Judy Blindstrup, and Megan Bauman from uh, Babson. I want to thank uh, Jeremy and Scott from Babson for their help. I want to thank Matt for his help at Shriner, Joe for his help at Merchant Marine, especially Joe. Joe literally uh, got Matt Dempsey on the line for me at the last minute. We had a one of three or four coaches that are segments that fell through and he got Matt Dempsey on the line for me. It was tremendous. Really appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank uh, uh, Chris at Stockton for his assistance as well. Um, and all those others who have helped us throughout uh, to get our show on the air, especially tonight. Really appreciate it. And Samantha at Albertus Magnus and a, and a shout out to Bethany at WNL. Appreciate your support and your help today as well. We're going to get going. I'll be back on Monday, but again, follow us on Twitter. Uh, of course, the main account is at D3Hoops. Of course, my account at D3Hoopsville. You can follow Ryan Scott, Bob Quillman, uh, Riley Zayas, Scott Peterson, Matt and Zach Snyder. All of these uh, individuals will be calling, uh, following games. Of course, the easiest way is to follow us all on hashtag D3Hoops. You should be tweeting on hashtag D3Hoops. That is the official Twitter hashtag and social media hashtag for Division Three basketball. That's not just an us thing. That is an entire NCAA thing. Uh, and we'll look forward to all the games. Take a, bre- a bit of a breath on Sunday. Find out who's hosting on Sunday. I should, I should have mentioned that earlier. We'll find out who the hosts are on Sunday and then pivot on Monday with a new show starting at 7 o'clock. Once again, thanks to our partners at the National Association of Basketball Coaches, Women's Basketball Coaches Association, Sport Tours International, D3Hoops.com, and of course all of you who have donated so kindly as we are now 78% of the way to our overall goal and looking to close it out by the end of the weekend, I hope. I uh, appreciate all that you have done to support us. And we look forward to pivoting into our third uh, decade. We'll certainly talk more about that later in March. And with that, 
Good night, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. You've been watching Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and Sport Tours International from the WBCA NABC Studios. If you want to talk Division Three basketball, you've got to watch or listen to Hoopsville. Back with more on Monday.